Coming up on the Women's Australian Rules Football Podcast, it's our cross-coders special as we chat with the women that are looking to score an AFLW rookie contract. Plus, we review the VFL Women's Grand Final with Matthew Cox. All of that's coming up over the next two hours. I'm Peter Holden and welcome to the Women's Australian Rules Football Podcast, which is available via SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. Just search for Women's Australian Rules Football Radio. This podcast also airs as a radio program Wednesday evening, 6pm Australian Eastern Standard Time on RSN Carnival. That's digital radio in Melbourne via the RSN Racing and Sport app and rsn.net.au. Now, this is our Crosscoders special as we chat to women from Ireland, the USA, Canada, the UK, France and Fiji who are looking to score an AFL Women's Rookie contract. The first dozen interviews that you're about to hear were recorded on Tuesday afternoon at the Caroline Springs McCure Hotel. And then the remaining half dozen were recorded after they played a scratch match against a selection of VFLW players at Trevor Barker Beach Oval in Sandringham on Tuesday night. We hope you enjoy the interviews and you can find out more about the Crosscoders program at crosscoders.co. Joining us now is 26 Irish National in Ailish Considine. Ailish, first of all, welcome to Melbourne. Thanks for having me. <laughs> How does it feel, just quickly, to be on the other side of the world um, looking to play semi-professional AFL women's football? It's it's mad. It's unbelievable. Um, we're trying to um, actually realise this is actually happening because it's it's just some experience to be here. It's something you would never have thought of six months ago. Let's rewind back a bit to your junior days and uh, you know, obviously going through high school what were the sporting opportunities like for women back then in Ireland um, on the professional front zero there was absolutely nothing um, in Ireland the amateur sport would have been there between the Gaelic football and Camogie would have been the main sports you'd have a bit of soccer a little bit of rugby but professional wise there was absolutely no opportunities so this is just insane to think that you could be getting a professional contract and playing professionally. It's it's amazing. Now, I believe you play Gaelic football with Clare in Ulster. Um, is it Kilmer Hill Camogie? And uh, obviously West Clare, where, West Clare weighs in the uh, Irish AFL. But before we talk about the AFL, talk about your skills from Camogie and Gaelic football and how do you think they translate across to Aussie rules? Um, I think in anime and football you're, you're looking at the handling of the ball and you're looking at kicking would be major um, assets to this game as well and especially the movement of how we play like we're always attacking a goal and we're, we've 360 movement like they have in this game as well which is very similar um, and you're also like evading tackles and your agility, all that kind of thing is all needed. So I think they're very similar games. And then with the Kamoe, you'd have the hand-eye coordination. And then you'd, again, you'd have the similar attributes of attacking, defending, scoring, everything and the movement. So I think the two games are actually very well linked to the AFL um, sport. So it's... It's a good transfer over. The one thing they talk about with both Irish men and Irish women, particularly with Gaelic, they talk about the athleticism. So can you give us a bit of an insight to the training that you do through the year to prepare yourself for Gaelic football? Yeah, for a county and our season will probably start in November. That would be our pre-season. And then you would be talking about playing a league in from February till April and then championship then June till September. So you do a lot of um, pre-season training. It would be based in the gym, a lot of running, a lot of conditioning. That would be all done in between November 
December, January. And then you'd be looking at playing games. You'd have maybe three or four training sessions a week with matches at the weekends. And you'd have about two or three gym sessions as well. So you'd be you'd be always training. It's like a full-time... You are pretty much a full-time athlete, but you're just not getting paid for it. When did your eyes start to turn towards playing Australian rules football? Um, I only kind of picked it up um, back in November um, last year. So it was kind of just new. It was just a new sport that was coming into Ireland and... Um, it interested me because it was a similar game to the football. It had the best attributes of football and it was also kind of with the tackling as well. You kind of had the best of rugby as well. So you kind of had the best of two sports combined into one and it was just something new and it was just a new challenge. So um, when Mike kind of introduced it, it was kind of, yeah, definitely just give it a go and see see how it is for a bit of fun. And how do you describe that experience playing with the West Clare Waves in the uh, R-Fly Sevens competition as it was then? Yeah, um, it was... It was a new experience altogether because the oval ball was very funny to get used to when you're used to a round yeah. ball. Not, I don't think one of us tried to even bounce it because it was just it would never come back up. But um, it was just nice to have a new challenge and a new sport to you know dig into at that time of year because you're kind of a little bit off season. So it was something something new to do and obviously fell in love with it straight away. So it was nice playing with the girls that you knew. And that begs the question: Why did you want to fly halfway across the world to say? I want to give this sport a go. It's semi-professional, so we're not full-time yeah. as yet, but still to co- commit a certain amount of your year to playing this game. Um, because the game is so similar to football, um, it's kind of you get to play a sport which is almost like the sport you love and you get to be a professional athlete. And at the end of the day, when you're playing sport and you're you're playing county at home, the dream is to be a professional athlete and to be not even just paid as one but just to be treated as one and just to see the experience of how the professionals live in this and in the sporting manner so it was just an opportunity you couldn't turn down as a sports person now as a group uh being on sunday you went to the vflw grand final and got, mm-hmm. got to watch that what did you pick up for being able to watch the 18 aside game in person yeah, it's um it's a big field. That was the first time I actually seen the field itself. So it was a yeah. it was a big change from a GA field and just um it was interesting to see the style of gameplay because it would have been very different to to our sport in the sense that we play a lot of lateral plays whereas in we saw on um at the game it was very much you stick and you go straight down the field up down up down. So it was just it was nice to see it live and to see the different movement patterns of players and different plays. So it was, it was a good experience. Now, on the Monday, you went through a variety of combine testing, testing for high, BMI, vertical jump, 20-meter sprint, etc. Have you been put through any type of that training in the past in the sports of, of Gaelic and Kamoji, etc., when you were back yeah. home? To be fair, we, we actually have, between college and county you would you would have you would have a little bit of testing that would go on between sprinting and all the kind of thing but just collectively it was it was nice to put it all together in one um in one full thing so it was yeah we we've, we've done a bit bits and pieces but just not all together as as that finally before we let you go if they were to recruit you as a footballer a what ideal city would you like to go to and b what role do you see yourself playing in a team Ideal city. Um, to be fair, I actually didn't have much of a choice coming over. I was kind of just anywhere. Whoever would take <laughs> me, I'd go. But um, probably Sydney because yeah. you just hear about Sydney from people that have been visited or whatever. And my sister was there for a while and she loved it. So Sydney was probably a preference. But to be fair, I'm open to anywhere. Um, as a position-wise in the game, 
Um, probably anywhere around the forwards, somewhere around there. That's what I'm used to. So, yeah. Well, well uh, thank you very much for joining us here on Women's Australian Rules Football Radio. We wish you all the very best through the remainder of the combine and uh, fingers crossed that hopefully you'll have that AFLW contract. Hopefully. Thanks very much. And joining us now is a 25-year-old Welsh international in Nia Jones. Nia, welcome to Melbourne, Australia. Thank you very much. It's great to have you out here. And can you believe that for someone that's, you know, you've played netball, you've played a variety of sports for Wales, but here you are on the other side of the world looking to play Australian rules football. Yeah, it's, you know, the whole cross-coders concept was was pretty random, um, pretty last minute as well, but, you know, all 18 of us since being out here and, you know, being briefed on what the program's about, we're all a little bit overwhelmed at how, you know, glorious an opportunity it is, really. Um, you're right, I've played football on Wales, uh, football and netball for Wales, but um, I'm always looking for a new challenge. I've done both of those now and as passionate as I am about both of those sports, you know, this, I've seen how, how footy crazy Australia <laughs> is. I was at the Gold Coast uh, a couple of months ago for the Commonwealth Games and it is just an absolute footy mad country and I just love to be a part of that. Now, as you said, you were up on the Gold Coast. You haven't come down to Melbourne and seen our weather and gone, what the heck's going on here? <laughs> I have. It's like Welsh weather at home. I feel, I feel very okay. And just talking just briefly on netball for just a moment, mm-hmm. how much has that meant to that sport off the back of that Commonwealth Games where, of course, just north of Wales, uh, England mm-hmm. defeated Australia for that gold medal? Oh, the reaction back home has been absolutely crazy. And, you know, for we love the rivalry in Wales of, you know, mm-hmm. sort of hating any English team that plays and rooting for the opposition. Mm-hmm. But I was in the arena that night when they when they scored that last-minute goal and it, it was an infectious, um, you know, atmosphere because, mm-hmm. you know, the Diamonds are just absolutely idolised back home. Um, so for England to actually go out there, they've been they've been trying for years. You know, they've been they've been sat in third, second spot. But I don't think anybody truly believed that they'd overcome the Diamonds, especially with it being a home game for Australia. So the fact that they managed to do it and execute the game plan is just yeah, it's had a ripple effect back home. And hopefully we can jump on the bandwagon with that in Wales. And how big has been the, the spur in in women's sport the last twelve months or so? back in the British and Irish Isles because we consider that the, the great crowds show up for the ladies FA Cup final mm-hmm. in Wembley obviously we said England winning the netball and of course we saw the Irish made the World Hockey Cup final yeah oh yeah it's been amazing and you know credit to the media channels back home because they're really riding with it as well I mean even me personally I've been I've been invited to do a bits of BBC punditry off the back of this 12 months you know I've been doing some work with the BBC and Gabby Logan, which is, you know, crazy for me because, I, you know, I, I've grown up watching these programmes and wishing there was more women's sport on TV and all of a sudden I'm being invite, invited onto them or our games are being shown live on Sky Sports. So, you know, and it's countries like Australia and New Zealand who really, you know, market their, their netball teams or their athletes um, that it's about time the UK caught up, really. Yeah. Talking about uh, Wales and Aussie rules football, there's the Cardiff Panthers that have only yeah. just started up there. Have you been hooked up with them yet? I have. I've been... I went to a couple of training sessions, so my only time touching a, a Sharon um, was the the week before that I came out here, and you know, they they were great down there. Um, really helped me, you know, get that very unique style with the kick. Um, talked to me about the handballing, because obviously the the Irish girls that are here are very used to that handballing technique, um, and I'm used to a chess pass. So uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, it was re- it was really valuable for me to go along to those sessions. What have you found the hardest thing to try and master in Australian rules football so far in the limited time that you've had? Mm-hmm. You've talked about, obviously, the handball. Has it been that? Has it been the kicking? Or, as the Irish girls have obviously talked about, the bouncing as well? Yeah, I mean, we haven't done that much match play scenario stuff, so none of us have had a real opportunity to, to run into any space of the ball or to even have to bounce it. But um, And the handball in, you know, 
I'm used to getting the ball in netball and offloading it as quickly as I can. So um, not too bothered about my technique with that. My, my speed of release is pretty okay. I, I'd say it was the kick, you know. Um, it's a very, it, it's sort of a, a punty sort of um, dig, if you like, whereas, you know, football, we, we take a long run up, we take a, a nice smooth follow through as well. And to get that unique backspin on it, um, is something that we've we've all been trying to practice, and every time any of us have picked up picked up an Aussie rules football, we're getting better at it all the time. So, um, yeah, hopefully we'll see tonight how we fare. Let's talk about um, Aussie rules football. Like you said, when you when you discovered it first in Australia and you saw how mad it was, and now that you've seen it for the first time up front at Eddie Had Stadium and the mm-hmm. VFLW with women playing it. Have you been able to get your head around so far the structures and how everything's worked out, the theory of the game style? Um, a little bit. I mean, all ball sports sort of require the same basic fundamentals. And, you know, mm. that's that's ball skills. Um, and I feel like I can offer those from my netball background. Um, spatial awareness is massive because obviously the difference with this one is, you know, whereas in netball it again intercepted here, you might get physically smashed so (laughs) there's that extra risk but I I quite like the physical side anyway any international umpire will tell you that I'm probably a bit too physical for the netball court so um, yeah and you know what just seeing how Ash Brazel of the Collingwood Magpies has transferred over and now obviously Sharni Leighton has signed Mm. for the same club it's you know I'm seeing that actually this might be doable for an athlete like me so yeah, in terms of tonight, they haven't given us too much structure. Lauren Spark, who is our who is our interim coach for this evening, has just sort of said, "Look, you know, express yourselves. You all come from different backgrounds. We don't expect you to be a ready-made, structured AFLW player." So, just looking out to have some fun tonight. What have you taken away so far from the presentations that the clubs have made to you? If I'm correct, I believe the Bulldogs, the Crows, and the Lions have so far made presentations. Uh, GWS, the GWS yeah. rather. Sorry. Um, I've been inspired, actually. Um, so I've I've obviously played for lots of clubs, a couple of different sports back home. But actually, um, although it's not fully professional over here, all presentations were very professional, and that's you know that's super attractive to all of us. And what struck me most is how different all the clubs were. Um, so Bulldogs, you know, they're coming back off a championship winning mm. season. His sort his video sort of spoke for itself. Mm. I like how. Paul spoke about just the basics, nailing the basics, and that's something back home after a couple of um, bad seasons we've had to go back and do. Um, the Crows, uh, a lot of his was based on the location, so obviously it's sort of it's going to be split up between half the camper in Darwin, half the camper in Adelaide. So I think he was sort of trying to explain how the location would be a factor in that move. And GWS today, um, the coach there, you could tell, is a very deep thinker, um, valued character over ability an awful lot, and. Yeah, I think you can definitely see how certain personalities um, or certain players would fit the clubs a little bit better. You had combine testing on Monday night. Personally, mm-hmm. how do you think you went? It was all right. I'm personally off-season, been off-season since June, but um, I'm fitness mad, so I've obviously been in the gym and Welsh Netball have kept us ticking over with some strength and conditioning. But, uh, you know, in terms of the things that um, are my strengths, would probably be the agility test um, just purely as well because it was done on a netball court and I had the right shoes helped a little yeah. bit um, I've got a jump um, there's definitely some girls here who are um, very quick linear with their linear speed um, kicking was okay um, definitely needs improving if I'm going <laughs> to pursue this sport um, I'm personally a bit disappointed there wasn't an aerobic test or a speed endurance test because that yeah. is my um, yeah. that's my baby that's the one that I like yeah. doing back home So, but yeah it, it was a really great opportunity to see um, everybody's different strengths um, and like Nicola said earlier, you know, everybody was helping each other through this. We're all in a, a new environment. We're all a little novice to this. So it was really cool to see everybody sort of rooting for each other.
Uh, obviously, Mick Sandry's been going around, assistant coach of the Bulldogs, conducting his interviews, trying to get every, know everyone's character and what they bring to the game. For, for when you get sat down, what do you sell to you to him? What what do you sell as a what you can bring to the game, and b where do you think you would actually fit best in the side? Yeah, I think you know any of us who go in for these type of interviews, it's just important to be yourself because if he. You know, he's basing that decision on contracts on that interview. And if you then get signed being something that you're not, you're going to be found out in the season. So, you know, if I, I'm going to go in and be myself. Um, in terms of physical attributes, I, I've obviously got the hand skills from netball, um, done some football as well, played football professionally back at Reading in the UK. So I've, I've got those sort of basic coordination, if you like. But I really want to learn... Um, more about the Aussie rules game I'm a complete novice to that so really intrigued to know more about it more effective um, patterns of play if you like but actually like like Paul said as well character's massive for him and um, even though Netball's not fully professional back home my, my training ethic I always like to be you know absolutely on it in training I, I love being described as a good teammate um, I've got a winning attitude so you know if there are things that, that people feel would fit in their team then I'm absolutely open to wherever or however they'd like me to play and finally, you just talked about uh, earlier doing a bit with the BBC and some punditry. Um, if you got an AFLW contract and if you were successful in playing a few years, do you find yourself then maybe a few years after that being behind <laughs> the microphone and doing a bit of punditry on AFL? Possibly, possibly, yeah. I'd need to learn the lingo a little bit better, I think. I know what a falcon is. I hope I don't get a falcon later. Um, but, yeah, it's been super cool, you know. Um, in, in either occasion when I've been doing the stuff for the BBC, I'd much rather be on the field or on the court. Mm. But, um, you know, we all dread the day where our playing days come to an yeah. end. We have to hang up our shoes or boots. So, you know, it's another great way. I do some coaching as well, but it's another great way to just be involved in that in that team atmosphere. Nia, thank you very much for joining us here at Women's Australian Rules Football on RSN Carnival. And we wish you all the very best throughout the remainder of the combine. And fingers crossed for that AFLW rookie contract. Thank you very much. Cheers. And joining us now... 30-year-old Irish-Canadian, we say that, because she grew up in Ireland, but of course is playing at the moment in Canada uh, with the Etobicoke Kangaroos. It's great to have back again a best and fairest of the AFL Ontario competition, and Nicola Kerwin. Nicola, how are you? Good. How are you doing today? It's not too bad. Just about every other time we chat to you, it's over the phone because you've won yeah. a best and fairest or something like that. Mm-hmm. But how does it feel to be back in Melbourne for the second time in 12 months? Yeah, it's great. This opportunity just came out of, I guess, out of the blue for us. So we got the heads up from our coaches, like, hey, this is happening I uh, get an application form there's a few of us had you know quite conversations to ourselves like is this real is this is this something to trust um so yeah so that came really quick and then in the space of I guess eight weeks from the initial application to now we're we're here so it's fantastic uh, how did you come across that initial application and what were your thoughts when you were originally applying yeah it was literally a group message sent out by our coach and it said this is coming up application in quick um so the website looked quite professional so we're like okay this seems like a legit body um and some good names that we we are known that are attached to it so we just kind of looked through it um seen what the expectations were um we didn't really know how lengthy the process was but we knew the dates of the camp so we knew it was going to be a quick turnaround what were your thoughts when that email came across to say here's a plane ticket jump on board you're coming to australia I think you, you, your heart kind of stops. You're like, okay, this is now a real, real opportunity. You put your name into the hat thinking, well, there's going to be thousands of other girls in there. Um, you know, what is your standard like compared to everyone else? And then suddenly you realize there's about 20 girls or less being selected to travel. You're like, I must be in some sort of a shout of, of being at that standard. So, um, yeah, we had literally about two weeks from... You got the email to the flight, um, so there's not much time you can yeah. do in preparation, you know, for fitness-wise. But you just had to trust what what the selectors had seen and what you're able to do. 
And having a bit of foot in both camps growing up in Ireland, now playing mm-hmm. Canada and, and being able to play Aussie rules football, is it intimidating when you have a look going, right, there's 18 girls here, but 11 are Irish and they've got that athletic Gaelic background mm-hmm. behind them? I wouldn't say it's intimidating. It's, it's more like everyone's here to grow the sport. Mm-hmm. So the, the feel that we've had in the last couple of days, although I feel like we've been here for about three months, um, about three days, everyone is really encouraging for each other. So because we're all brought to this program and no one really knows what's happening, as in what really could happen, we're all just very supportive of each other. You know, during our testing yesterday, we're cheering for each other, encouraging. So if one person was assigned, it feels like, a, you know, a victory for all 18 girls here. What have you learnt so far from the clubs? I believe, if I'm correct, it's been the Bulldogs, Adelaide and the GWS so far that have presented and, yeah. and, and showcased what their club's all about. Yeah, I think you look at the difference between like Sydney and Melbourne. So, you know, a lot, there's a lot of competition to get into the Melbourne clubs and how the difference is to be in Sydney and then also the difference to be in Adelaide. So the, the three clubs that have in, or have done the presentation so far have been very different. So you know the setup in Adelaide, they talk about being in Darwin for such, the team is sort of split. You know the setup for Sydney where most of the of players are actually from out of state and then you know that the high competition in Melbourne so it has been fantastic to just get that perspective on the three different clubs um, and kind of take it from there and bring soak that in to find out like what would be potentially the best fit for yourself you had the combine testing on Monday night personally how do you think you went uh, you know, you, you don't want to compare yourself to others because every every club is looking for something for themselves. So there's no point in me sitting there looking, well, this person's after running this time and this person's after doing this time because it might not be the fit for, for the coach at that time. So I think personally myself, with that small space of two weeks notice and, you know, off the back of IC, I guess my own year hasn't been at the higher standard of fitness levels that I've had in the past. So, you know, you just kind of go in there with that standard and go in and be confident in what you can do. Uh, I was quite happy with some of the kick and um, I would have a slight advantage over the others being doing some AFL yeah. for a number of years um, but a lot of you know you look at your height and how quickly am I actually going to be able to get around the agility I could compare it to some of the other girls who are just very nimble and close to that ground and whiz around real quick so you can compare yourself as much as you want but I'm, I'm happy enough of what I did um, you know today would I do something better who knows <laughs> you know so if next week would I do some better again who knows so each day you just got to take it You've got a 16-a-side game coming up as we speak and we record on Tuesday afternoon. Tuesday night, a 16-a-side game against the VFLW team. Do you feel that yourself you're taking on almost like a natural leadership role because you have played the game, so you're able to obviously help out and point to positioning, etc., and where everyone needs to be? Yeah, you, can, you I guess I could feel like that at times, but because we know these girls are coming in from their absolute elite backgrounds, yeah. they're also going to be coming in as leader of their team. So we want to make sure that everyone's voice is getting heard. Um, they're very good so far to ask certain questions, and you know you know when to step in. You don't want to be that one person putting your hand up and telling everyone how to run the show. We're all here with relatively very lack lost. Uh, of experience in terms of AFL so we're trying to listen to our coaches as much as possible but when it comes to the lines um, you know I'd be able to hopefully direct the girls um, and what I see fit but you know although I've played for three years in Canada I have no experience in compared to the rest of the Aussie girls. You mentioned about IC uh, 2017 where you became runners up after that how hard is it actually to try and find the motivation to go around for a local season knowing that obviously the next IC isn't coming up to 2020 and by the way at that stage obviously 
the cross-coders idea wasn't yeah. even conceived yet. Yeah, I think you just have to, we all went back on that feeling quite deflated and what comes next. And even speaking to some, some Irish girls here on that team, they were quite similar, even though they had won it. So you just have to go back and strip back. It's like, oh, what am I doing in this sport? What do I want to achieve? Do I want to help grow it more at grass level? Do I want to, what do I want to pursue for myself? So when you go back into Ontario, we, we a lot of girls that went back, we just want to say, how do we get this sport bigger? Um, and it was great. One additional team joined the league this year. So we had five teams. So we're still constantly trying to mm. grow for numbers. That was a personal goal of myself this year to try and see how many players we can get back into the sport. And how does the program feel different now that there's been the changeover? Jason Arnold has stepped mm-hmm. down, yeah. um, retiring after several campaigns in charge. And now Candice Kwan is now picked up the baton and now we'll be leading the uh, Canada Northern Lights. Yeah, I think there's a great excitement around that. Um, and new face, uh, new face brings new fresh ideas. Obviously, we're very uh, proud of what Jason was able to bring to the team and we really respected his professionalism. Um, you know, in previous years, although I wasn't there, you could really see the difference that he made to that. I think Candace will just bring a little bit more of, of you know, maybe the female touch um, of being able to kind of get around the girls and, and know what being from a player herself, being to the ICs herself, knowing what is needed for the, for the girls. And I think, uh, you know, being a school teacher as well, she's got a lot of organization and she's seen a lot of games. You know, she, she would be watching all of the AFL games, uh, all the AFLW games. So she's watched a lot of footy and she's got a great knowledge. So we're all very excited um, and respect her a lot as a player. So now that will go into coaching for her. Uh, we've just spotted walking around Mick Sandry from the Western Bulldogs, an assistant coach. He is yeah. here obviously to do interviews with the players and pick mm-hmm. your brains. Sitting down and that moment, what do you have to offer the Bulldogs or any other club that is looking to pick up an international rookie? I think, you know, we, we kind of spoke about like Cora Staunton, like what she was able to bring to the GWS. And I guess the, the clubs are looking, it's like, okay, we know what potentially the Australians can bring, but what can an international bring? So it's just to bring in a new flavor um, of different perspective, you know, of, of how to look at the game differently. Um, we went to a VFL game uh, recently and we're watching the game happening and you can hear everyone's like, well, why didn't they kick it this way? Or why didn't they do that? So it's just bringing a different perspective into, from your different sports into this game. Well, Nicola, thank you very much for joining us here at Women's Australian Rules Football Radio on RSN Carnival, the second time that you've joined us, and uh, hopefully we'll get to speak to you again, but next time as an AFLW player. Great. Thank you very much today. And joining us here is Matsalita Tulavuka from Fiji. Can you believe that you're here in Australia looking to get a contract to play Australian Rules Football? Yeah, um, this is just like a dream to me. Um, being selected to be part of this uh, camp. Eh? Um, never thought that I was going to be part of this. So, yeah, I'm just so thankful for the cross-coders for letting me be part of this. Uh, last year, as we know, you played for the Fiji and the International yeah. Cup. So at what point were you first introduced to playing Australian rules football? Um, well, I started off back in 2000. 14, um, mm. a friend of mine from high school, Dylan Wolfgram, um, he lives here in uh, Australia, so he asked me to come and join AFL, eh? so never thought that AFL is also a sport that is being played. Eh? Yeah. And you got taken, you got recruited, you played locally, because I believe you have two sides that play in Fiji yeah. and, and play each other regularly. What were your impressions of coming to the International Cup and, and taking on women from around all around the world, Canada, Ireland, USA, etc.? Um, yeah, just to come out here and play proper footy um, back home, it's just like rugby. Eh? Yeah. Um, the way we tackle, um, then coming here to Australia, um, we get to feel how it is being played. Um, yeah. 
We know it was a, a loss first up, but how was that buzz of playing that game against the then reigning champions, Canada, and you pushed them to within one point? What has that done for Fijian women's football to know that you can mix it with the best? Um, yeah, well, first of all, when we came out to the game, we heard uh, can, we will be playing against Canada, so we always said that we just got to go out there and fight it. And then we, we thought that it was going to be a time to call up because we were into draws, yeah, like 15-15. And then, then we were surprised that the game just continued because we never thought that that would happen. Yeah. And yeah, we just let it go. And then we lost by a point. You put up a good fight against Great Britain. You you beat, I think it was Pakistan to, yeah. to have to have your first win in the tournament. I think you beat PNG to, yes. to, to finish in fifth spot. So it turned out to be a good tournament. From that success, has there been more women in Fiji that go, look, I do want to play this game. I really like it now. And we're doing well at it. Um, yeah. After our International Cup this year, um, we managed to get uh, four women's club back home. Oh. Um, so... The girls, the women, they are, they are switching from rugby to AFL now. So they've seen yeah. that it is a safe spot to be played and also it brings uh, people together and the women respect each other. Yeah. Can you give us an idea to how much training that you're doing back home, not just obviously with the skills, but fitness as well to be, to be up to standard? Well, our fitness back at home, we normally do our fitness around 6 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. yeah um, basically just doing... Two kilometer run, fifty meter sprint, and we're more into concentrate with our fitness than our skills. Once we are fit, then that's where we bring our skills in, and then we try to learn more. How easy has it been to try and transfer the skills you have from rugby to Aussie rules? Um, yes, that's like one of the challenges for us. Um, trying to switch that mentality of rugby into AFL. Um, it takes time for us to practice more than we get to know how the sport is being played. Mm. You had an opportunity on Sunday to watch the VFL Women's Grand Final at Etihad Stadium. There was eight in a side, um, a Hawthorne versus Geelong. What did you take out of that game? What did you learn from that experience? Um, yeah, well, I've seen that girls, uh, they really play hard. Eh? Um, they play very smart footy and you can see that they've been running a lot instead of just standing there without, even though they don't have the ball, they just keep on running, just yeah. keep on running, yeah. To try and create space and opportunity yes. for, for their side. Um, the one thing for the Fijians through that last IC uh, 17 is uh, all the teams that played, you said they all came away with bruises, that you're the hardest hitting team going wow. around. Do, do you take that as a compliment, knowing that you've put so much physical pressure on your opponent? Um, that's just how we play back home. We Even mm. though we are, are just the same team, and then we even though we split up, that's how we tackle each other at home. It's like our last game of the day we, yeah. like this is saying back home pain is temporary quitting is forever so <laughs> yeah that's what we do looking ahead to AFLW 2019 you're trying to go for that contract what do you bring to a side when a coach says okay what do you bring to me as a footballer what can you explain to them to say this is why you should select me um, basically I love to do what I love most is teamwork um, respecting my teammates um Telling them to keep pushing forward, even though they make mistakes, uh, just to put their heads up. Um, yeah, and most of all is just to enjoy the game and play smart footy.
For those that haven't had a chance to see you play yet, how would you describe yourself as a footballer and what position do you normally play? Um, I play midfield as a wing. Um, that's what I love. That's one of my best positions because I get to run a lot and make use of my my speed and my endurance. And yeah, uh, you had some combine testing uh, yesterday. Twenty meter sprints, running vertical jumps. Uh, they did all that type of testing. How do you personally think you went? Um, with my twenty meter sprint, um, yeah, I did good with it. I feel better when I did that, but. Um, as well as vertical, just the height, you know, jumping up, even though yeah. I'm short and, yeah. yeah, just doing my best, just to reach. Well, Marcelita, thank you very much for joining us here at Women's Australian Rules Football on RSN Cup. We wish you all the very best in the 16-a-side game that you're about to play with the rest of the cross-coders, and uh, fingers crossed they might be giving you that phone call to have the contract and play AFLW next year. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> And joining us now, uh, a person we spoke to last year in San Diego, California. Now she finds herself in Melbourne, Australia, 26-year-old Amelia Carr of Seattle. Amelia, how are you? I'm great. How about you? Not too bad at all. Can you believe that, that, what, 18 months ago you were introduced to the game, six months later you're in San Diego, California, 11 months later you're in Melbourne, Australia? No, I can't believe it, honestly. I never even thought I'd be here, uh, like, a few years from now, honestly. I just started with the game last June, mm. and I instantly fell in love with it, but you know, you never know how long things are going to take, and I think I'd committed to it, and that's why I find myself here. Just to give everyone a bit of a background, of course, you came across from a variety of different sports. One of them, which you predominantly excel in, is gridiron. Yep. Um, I played gridiron for four years, playing uh, free safety, um, wide receiver, punter, kicker on the Everett Rain, which is now the Seattle Spartans yeah. out in Washington State. And that's unusual for gridiron as well to have such a variety of roles. Right. Uh, for for women, it's uh, we don't we usually have a full stack of 40-plus mm. people on our team, so most of us do play both uh, offense, defense, special mm. teams. And so I would be on the field for all or most of the game. Being a punter or a receiver, for that matter, do you think that gives you an advantage when it comes to Aussie rules football, like we saw when you played in defense at the Nationals, the ability to read the ball? Yeah, I think it does. You have to, as I was free safety, you have to be cautious. You're the last line of defense. Um, and so you have the last um, chance to save your team um, mm. on defense. And uh, as wide receiver, you're kind of you're relied upon to mm. get that ball if it comes to you or even it comes in your area, you have to fight for it and even if it, it's not a perfect ball and it's going to a defensive player, you have to be a defensive player against them to, to make sure that they don't get it. So you have to be very proactive. We go back to October where um, in San Diego, Seattle had their first win in Division One. There was a lot of excitement around that and competitive against the other sides. What were you thinking at that stage, what your next step was going to be in your Aussie rules journey? Uh, I thought it went really great. We obviously... That was our first year as a team, mm. the first few months as a team. So no one expected us to do well at all. And um, I think we found that we could pull together and get all our talented, our, our athletes that we gathered on our team together and made a quality squad. And um, I think I played fairly well. And obviously you yeah. you, you thought I did too. And um, I... I thought that yeah I could I could probably do this more in the future and I could have more of a future with this sport and I kind of set that goal for myself to achieve more. 
When did you come across the CrossCoders program? Um, I believe it was in late July, August. Um, uh, someone had posted it on a Facebook page, a U.S. footy Facebook page, and um, I insta- I I looked it up. I looked up the program and kind of on a whim said, why not? And I applied for the program. What was re- your reaction when they sent you an email to say, hey, here's a plane ticket, come on over? Right. Um, yeah, I... You know, honestly, when I when I first applied, I had very low expectations um, for my for myself making it into the program. Um, I thought, why not give it a shot? So, um, but obviously, I have I have a lot of faith in myself. But you know, I, I was still still a fresh player, so you never know what what they're going to see from you. And I worked hard on making that video showing my strengths mm. and. So I was I was very excited and I thought this this is my chance this is my once in a lifetime opportunity to really make make that move. And something very special for your Seattle club as well because it's two coming across yourself and April Lewis. Right. Yeah, it's it's actually it was it's really nice we're we're very supportive of one one, one another we each kind of knows what each other's goals is and mm. I think it's it was very beneficial to have each other here and to help us help each other along the way. Um, you know, we may, may, may go through some hardships while we're here, um, but we like we kind of have each other's back like we do on our, on our team back home. Mm. You had the opportunity to go to Etihad Stadium in the VFL Women's Grand Final, so I believe it was your first time being an actual Aussie rules yeah. game in Australia to see that happen. What did you take away from the 18 side game? And I guess not only obviously the skills that you saw, but the way they structure and line up. Right, yeah. Um, yeah, we do play 16 aside back home. And, um, the, there's definitely, it's, it, it feels a lot faster. Mm. Um, we, when we play 16 aside, more people cover more of the, more of the field. Mm. Um, and, um, I, I did like to see how, how I would be playing up here if I do end up on a team. Um, yeah, I thought it was a great experience. On Monday night, you did the combine testing, including vertical jumps, uh, athletic ability assessments, 20-metre sprints, biomechanical kicking assessments, etc. How do you think you personally went? Um, there are a few tests that, that were a little, that were a little uh, difficult for me, just because just they were kind of very mental. Mm. And um, so sometimes you have to think, think a little faster on your feet and I wasn't prepared for maybe one or two of them, but there are a couple that I know I, I excelled in. So that gave me some more confidence. And how do you feel playing, uh, as we speak to you, it's a Tuesday uh, afternoon, it will be a 16-a-side game that you'll be playing as a bit of a scratch match. Uh, what are your expectations going into that? Um, you know what? I don't have too many expectations. I would say I'm very excited to finally play a play a larger game it's kind of like been a build-up we've done the skills assessment we've done other assessments and I'm excited to see all of us play together all of us from different mostly different codes coming to play um, against the VFLW team but I think I think we're going to have a good crack at it honestly if you had the opportunity to pick what city you could land in what Australian city would you like and based on that question as well if you got selected what position do you think you'd feel best in an Aussie rules team um I'm very open I I love to travel Mm. and I'm I'm not someone who needs to settle in one place Mm. so um obviously Melbourne um and Victoria has more opportunities in footy um Mm. especially for someone just coming here and 
uh, looking for a team, looking for more opportunities. But if someone selected me from Adelaide, from uh, Perth area, that I'd, I'd be open to it, and I'd, yeah, it would be it would be exciting. And, and where do you think you'd find your best position on the ground? Uh, right now, I play um, halfback, and I think I excel at that position. Um, I like. I like playing on the defensive side of things, but also I can utilize my speed to be that connection between the defense and the offense or, or our on-ballers to um, run up run up the field. And I've gotten gotten um, better at my bounce, so yeah. I can I can run up the field and bounce and kick it up to a forward or to the hot spot. Do you find that as being an advantage? A having a bounce because we know some of the Irish women, as much as they've got their Gaelic speed, they haven't mastered the bounce yet, which right. is the trickiest part. And B because in AFLW we play 16 aside, so there's no wings that you're able to cover more ground more quickly. Right, I think so. Um, last last year at nationals, I kind of played the same position, but there were a couple times where I could have brought the ball up a little further, but I had, it slowed me down because I had to go down and touch the ball to the ground. And it's definitely an advantage for me being able to to do that, being able to work on that that um, that skill. And um, I think also it makes me um, better utilized in other positions if for some reason some team wants me to play somewhere else then i'm i'm ready to do that maybe in on ball or even like a, a a half forward needing to bounce the ball or needing to deliver it in some other way and finally as much as we talk about aflw how are you feeling personally heading in, in a couple of weeks time to represent the seattle grizzlies at the 2018 nationals in racing wisconsin I'm I'm really excited. I guess uh, this this coming week we're supposed to get the um, the schedule, see who we play against, and I'm really excited. There's a lot of new teams this year, I believe, um, and there's uh, I guess this is the second year that we have the first division, second division of women's. So it'll be it'll be exciting. I think um, our team is our team is ready to to excel at this. Amelia, thank you very much for joining us on Women's Australian Rules Football on RSN Carnival and all the very best throughout the remainder of the combine. All right, thank you so much. And joining us now is 29 Irish International Marie Coyne. Marie, welcome to Melbourne. The weather we put on for you must feel a little bit like home. Yeah, it was, um, thanks for having me. Um, yeah, it's, um, it was lovely the first day we came here and we were like, yes, sun. And now um, it's been cold, um, but it's the same back home as well so yeah we're, we're kind of used to it yeah for a lot of the Irish girls that have applied for the program most have come from that Gaelic background one from Kamoji why did you want to make the swap across from rugby to Aussie rules uh, well I I used to play Gaelic football as well um, I stopped when I started playing rugby uh, I just wanted to try something different and to keep fit when the football season was off um, but like I seen it's kind of the exact same for football and rugby and it's all joined together in the AFL like so um, it's it's just kind of similar, so I said I'd go out and uh, try it and enjoy it, like, you know. And we should throw in there as well that, uh, like a few Aussie Rules players, and I think of a, a legend that played in the VFLW, uh, Sarah Hammond, you actually came from a handball background as well. Yeah, I used to play Olympic handball for Ireland. Um, I worked my way up through the clubs at home, and then um, I think it was when I was on the Irish squad when I was 12, and then I... It finished at 16, 17 years of age because the club was kind of fading away all the time. So, um, yeah, I loved it. Um, we went to like Iceland, Germany, and we won the Tri Nations in Scotland, um, which is brilliant. Like, it's it's great to have played so many sports um, and representing your country is just absolutely amazing. Like, uh, in your rugby background, uh, what position did you play? 
Um, first of all, I started on the wing yeah. at number 11, and then I ended up playing fullback for 15. Mm. So, yeah. Do you think that will help with your transition across to Australian rules football, being the fullback, being under pressure, and that read of the ball when it gets bombed in? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's the same with football as well. Like, yeah. you know, you can read the play a bit better because you're behind everybody and you can contest with the balls and you can kick as well like so you know and it's an oval ball as well similar to the mm. AFL so um, yeah it's it's basically it's helped me a lot to get here and um, yeah uh, with that, when you said about reading the play, obviously on Sunday you had the opportunity to see the VFL Women's Grand Final, uh, you call our minor league compared to a, a major league in the AFLW. Is there any similarities you noticed in that structural setup that you'd say, okay, this is for me for what I've learned playing either Gaelic or rugby in particular? Oh, yeah, absolutely, uh, especially for rugby. Like, if you're going for a high ball, you've got to catch it straight on. Like, mm. if you let it bounce, it's going to go anywhere. Yeah. Do you know, so by seeing the final on Sunday, like, um, it is physical, um, and you have to just contest for it, you know. Um, it's it's exactly like rugby, like so, yeah. Do you take a bit of heart that uh, Australian rugby sevens players like Brooke Walker and Chloe Dalton have already been signed to AFLW? They got taken by Carlton. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, um, that's brilliant. Like, yeah, um, yeah, it's good. Like the, how other sports is helping you to get into another sport, and um, yeah, like as I said, I've experienced from other sports, but like it, it's a completely different sport, like, you know, um, but I haven't tried it yet. It's my first time yeah, here, yeah. so, and um, we'll see how it goes as we have the game now later on this evening, so, yeah, I'm excited for that as well, so. As off here, as Michael Curran said, you're a legend of Irish women's rugby, so how did you come across and want to then take part in this CrossCoders program? Um, I've seen the um, application form on Instagram, and then I was like, oh, here, I'll give it a go, with all the experience from football and rugby and uh, I got in contact with Mike and uh, he brought me down to uh, to Clare and I had a few tra- uh, a training session with him and he helped me so much with all the, the kicking of the ball and the handballing and um, he's done so much for me like and I've only met him a few times like and it's brilliant like. How's it been, the support of Irish women's sport so far? We've seen the big crowds come in ladies' Gaelic football, particularly at Croke Park. And, of course, uh, recently the Irish women's hockey team making the World Cup final. Yeah, um, the sport is, it's grown every year for every sport. Like, this year in Croke Park, they've had, they had over 50,000 people, which is the world, the record, like, for any uh, sports team there. Um, rugby as well, like, the, the crowd is growing, growing and as the is the sports getting uh, bigger and bigger every time in Ireland like so yeah the support is amazing in Ireland um you know even my my uh, club at home for rugby go regions like they're brilliant they they they're starting the season on Saturday first game out and like they've given me so much support they're like just go out there and do your best and everything so yeah it's a it's great sport you had some combine testing on Monday night personally how do you think you went um yeah good enough um it was a bit nerve-wracking at the start. We didn't know what it was. We had a, an idea of what we were doing, but just to get out there and start it and do it, um, it went very well, I think. Um, my personal, but it could be different for yeah. what the different managers are looking for. Like, it could be speed, kicking. Um, kicking is my um, top part for the game. Like So, um, yeah, no, it went well, yeah. You had some presentations made to you from the Bulldogs, the Crows, and GWS. What did you take out of those presentations? Um there's a lot this they're looking for different type of um players um you know it's um we've got a lot of information from them we asked them a few questions they you know what position they're looking for and how their schedules went and stuff like that no like they've given us a lot it's it's amazing to listen 
uh, to the coaches from the teams uh, to give us all this information and all their stuff on on the teams. It's brilliant. Uh, from the limited amount of, of football that you have seen, what position do you think will suit you best? Um, I think uh, back would be I would be better at a back uh, position because um, I'm full back in yeah. in rugby, so I can read the ball coming in. Um, I in Gaelic football I play full back as well, so um, they're kind of similar. Um, so yeah, hopefully I'm starting in the back line today. So hopefully, um, as we know, there is a Irish women's competition back home, the Australian Football League Ireland women's competition. If you just fall short of, of getting that contract, do you see yourself uh, enough temptation to go? Okay, I might play the game back home and have another go in 2019 to see if I can get the next contract. Oh, absolutely, yeah. I'd love to just to, to go back now and focus on it because I know what the background is and stuff like that. Now coming on this trip here, it's absolutely amazing. Like uh, I didn't even expect to be coming here. To be honest yeah. with you, I was surprised. But um, yeah, I'm gonna go home and. Um, talk to Mike and uh, hopefully <laughs> we uh, we can do a little bit more training and uh, get onto our team back home as well. Well, Mary, thank you very much for joining us here on Women's Australian Rules Football on RSN Carnival. We wish you all the very best throughout the remainder of the Cross Coders program and uh, fingers crossed, hopefully you'll get that rookie contract and be in the AFLW in 2019. Perfect. Thank you very much. And joining us now, 30-year-old international from Ireland, it's Mary Ryan. Mary, how are you? Oh, good, good. Enjoying the day. Can you believe that you, here you are, 30 years of age, and some people, they go, okay, you, you get into the back end of the sporting career, but here you are taking a journey to look to play Aussie rules football in Australia. Yeah, it's a bit mad, I think. Um, I know I was probably heading towards the end of the playing days when I back home and that, but... Um, Still, still enjoying playing and still enjoy a challenge and learning. And I was excited to come over here and give it a go. You play Kamaji back home. Can you just explain to everyone the difference between Kamaji and hurling? Um, there's not a huge difference now. It's just the the ladies' version of the game. Uh, a couple of minor different rules um, in terms of physicality and that. But uh, essentially, hurling is is what it is. Yeah. What? assets can you bring from Kamonji into Australian rules football? Because when everyone obviously looks at Gaelic, they look a little bit to the kicking style despite the ball being different and the athleticism and the positioning work. What skills can you take out of Kamonji? Um, physically, it's probably got similar demands to Gaelic. Um, space you cover on the pitch and, and things like that. Um, catching, uh, getting down over the ball, pick it, collecting the ball off the floor. Um are probably skills that I've been able to, to put into training sessions the past few days. How did you first come across the CrossCoders program? Um, it was on online on Twitter, came across it. Um, I think they had uh, tagged Gaelic football or something and it uh, seemed like an exciting opportunity for an amateur player to, to give this a go and see what they can apply to the game and see what they can learn. Prior to that point, how much had you known about Australian rules football? Uh, not a whole lot. We have the I follow the Aussie rules every time it comes to Ireland and and every time the guys come over here. But um, no, I mean we 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 all, all would have followed Cora's uh, journey over here last year. But um, I've learned a lot in the past few days. Even I mean the the general idea of kicking and and handballing fine, but in terms of tackling and um some of the tactical work I've learned a lot in the past few days. On Sunday afternoon, you had the uh, privilege of going to Etihad Stadium. You saw the VFL Women's Grand mm-hmm. Final. What did you take away from that, from that 18-a-side game and what you saw, positioning, etc.? Yeah, it was it was 
really cool now to head in there and, and see the game and even the atmosphere was really enjoyable and it was great to see that kind of atmosphere and environment say for the women's sport um what we learned i mean we saw i suppose we hadn't seen any, much of the tackling or practice much of the tackling so it was <laughs> we were probably wincing a little watching that but no it was good it was it was good to see the general flow of the game and that we probably had our own different uh, view on on movement and that coming from Gaelic and and things like that but um, it was certainly interesting. Nicola Kerwin was actually picking up on an early on and I'm interested to know your thoughts when you do see some of that movement is it more that you're looking for okay why is it maybe not going sideways why are they going straight down the line is it stuff like that? Mm, Yeah particularly um, coming out the wings and and, or always going one side we would switch it up a lot more Mm. or um, travel out the wings a bit more keep it keeping it away from the centre or um, yeah, not not always going down the centre, kind of switching it up or running off the sho- shoulder and that. So um, I'm sure we can apply w- apply a few things ourselves and see how it works out. Monday night you had the combine testing, agility test, 20 metres sprints, uh, vertical leaps, etc. How personally do you think you went? God, I don't know. Um, <laughs> probably averaging up in parts, but it, it was challenging, but it was really interesting. Um, it's interesting to see where we stand, say, in terms of the sport that we're playing and the level that we're playing at. The, the games in Ireland are played at such an elite level now. It's interesting to compare that now to to a pro or semi-pro uh, team over here. Um, some of the girls were really, really pushing on, on some of the, the standards there among the AFL girls. So it's certainly encouraging to see that, that, that the girls at home are at that level. Tonight you play your first 16-a-side game. You're having a bit of a test uh, against the uh, VFLW team. What are you expecting out of it? I'm expecting a few clashes now uh, (laughs) to come away a little hurt or a little sore. Um, It's going to be challenging for us just to... It's our first first day out, but um, we're all just super excited about it. We've we've kicked plenty of ball in the past few days. We've been talking a lot and learning a lot, but we all just want to play the game and see how we get on. So um, it's... I think we all enjoyed the challenge of the fact that we're going out against the VFL team. Um, it, it will be it'll be tough, but I, all I can say is we're looking forward to it. Uh, we've obviously had some presentations done by the Bulldogs, the Crows, GWS. Mick Sandry's been running around, the assistant coach of the Bulldogs, having uh, chat replies and interviewing them. When you sit down for that important interview, what can you sell to the Bulldogs as a sports person to get that contract? Yeah, I suppose in particular uh, for me, um, say I know a lot of the talk is speed and AFL and different things. I suppose for me, I'd, I'd always just, um, they talk a lot about character and teamwork and what you can bring to the team and um, inspiring the team and leading the team. And that I think that's where, where I um, see myself. I, I like to, I love to be part of a team and I, um, bring that kind of uh, environment into a group Um so yeah, I think I'd, that's what I'd be uh, hoping to bring. Any ideal Australian city that you'd like to land in if uh, you were given the choice? <laughs> this is my first time in Australia and I'm enjoying Melbourne so far, so I probably, uh, I probably wouldn't mind staying here yet. Well, Mary, thank you very much for joining us here at Women's Australian Rules Football on RSN Carnival and we wish you all the very best throughout the remainder of the uh, combine and fingers crossed for that rookie contract. Thanks a lot, Peter. <laughs>
And joining us now, the runner-up in the uh, Moston Medal in the <laughs> AFL Sydney competition means that she had a cracker of a year, 29-year-old Englishwoman Frankie Hocking. Frankie, how are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Not too bad at all. You can tell you've been out here for Australia in a while. It seems like you've lost the Pommy accent. I've been trying real hard, really hard to get rid of it. It still comes back, though, and most people still say that I sound very English, except for people in England that think I sound very Australian. Well, you, well, he, here's the crucial thing. Who are you backing in the ashes when that comes around? Oh, crikey. Um, <laughs> I don't even like cricket, so I guess I don't fit either nationality, really. <laughs> First of all, how are you feeling? I know that a couple of years ago you tried in the AFLW draft so you could yep. be picked up by the Giants who were unsuccessful over those couple of years. But yep. how do you feel to have this, I guess you'd call it, second opportunity through the Crosscoders program? Yeah, it's um, look, it's, it's a bit different for me because I, I don't – quite qualify as a rookie um, but it's it's a good idea for me to just be seen in a different state that was one of the big things to see um, and you know the process that kind of comes with it hopefully um, something will come maybe probably not I'm not thinking this year as such I'm thinking more for the 2020 season when we get a couple more teams down in Melbourne and we get another team up in uh, Queensland and then even over in WA there's another team coming in so um, hopefully with a bit of sort of exposure in a different state that it's not only going to be that the Giants would be looking potentially at me um, I, I think it's just kind of opening up a few eyes maybe in different places that there's girls out there from different states that are willing to look at or, or should be looked at, I guess. And I guess that's the advantage for you, that even though you technically <coughs> can't be picked up as a rookie, there is the free agency period. So even if they don't technically pick you up in the draft that you nominate for, any other state is welcome to make inquiries. Yeah, and, and I think that's something that um, I'm, I'd love, I'm really open to and I'd love that chance. Um, having played a high level of soccer many years ago, you, I'm kind of dying to get back into high level elite level sport and training and and getting back into that world like I miss it um and I would yeah I'd give my right arm I'd move into state I, I'd do whatever I need to do to prove my point that I can do it um and I think off the back of a season like I've had in Sydney I, I'm really in the right mindset that it is a second chance and I'm really dead set keen to get it in the next couple of years to, to really push it I think what do you see as the improvement in yourself over the last 12 months or so to uh, get as high as you did in the Moston medal? Mm. Um, I fell back in love with footy. Yeah. Um, I, after the rejection from the Giants, it, it did knock me. And it's, you know, that learning curve of do you get off the bandwagon and do you do something else or do you go, all right, I'm going to train harder, I'm going to get in the right physique and I'm going to show that what I'm made of. And that's kind of what I did with the IC came at a really good time for me, the International Cup. Um, having played for GB, I, I kind of fell back in love with the sport and why I played it. And then I started this season with that mindset of, okay, here we go, let's prove a point. Um, let's work as hard as I can and hopefully you, you finish as high as you do. I never imagined, I never imagined being in the top two, um, never. So when I was invited to the awards after 12 rounds, I wasn't even in the top eight. And then it was the last five rounds, the back half of the season, I just obviously had a, a stormer and just came out of nowhere and, and snuck in at second spot. And um, yeah, so it was a, it was a massive, massive moment that I wasn't expecting. 
I think back to when you played for the GB Swans and a few things. First of all, the outstanding game you had in that semi-final, which uh, knocked off the USA uh, Liberty to yeah. take third spot, which is a great effort on debut, a bronze medal for <laughs> yeah. the GB Swans side. But also, do you think that experience will help you tonight, for example, as we record on Tuesday afternoon? Tuesday night you're having a 16-a-side game. The internationals playing against the VFLW team. That With the GB Swans, you'd been probably one of the most experienced players there and you've got a lot that aren't experienced at 18-a-side. Coming into tonight, will that be handy, that you're able to have that patience to be able to say, okay, this is what you need to do. This is where you need to run to. This is positioning. I think um, I think what will be one of my strengths, whether it's with international players or my teammates, is just sort of being able to read the play um, and giving a bit of direction to, to players. So I think that's going to help us as a unit, hopefully, um, that we sort of have a couple of us that have played footy before, whether it's in the IC or, or in Australia this last few months, that we'll be able to kind of guide each other where we need to be. Um, I, I hope that my decision-making is going to enable the team a little bit more time on the ball or even just sort of the idea of knowing that to shepherd somebody or to bump somebody out of the way to give my teammates time will, again, be valuable to the to the team. And those coaches watching on will look at it and kind of go, oh, there's a team player there, not an individual that's only concentrating on themselves shining tonight, but they want to show that their teammates have got time and look at the skills that their teammates have got. So that's kind of where I think my head's at a little bit that I'm you know it's not about just being an individual in this sort of sport there's 18 girls on the field and you've got to all work together for those that haven't been following the AFL Sydney competition can you give a bit of a rundown to where you've been playing with the Newtown Breakaways uh as in positional wise yes, yes. yeah so um I predominantly play as the center halfback um so like to be the ones that try to intercept the ball that's coming through from their midfield attacks from the opposition um and then occasionally when the chips are down a little bit and we need to push forward, then my coaches throw me in at the ruck or in the centres to try and get the ball moving forward and a little bit more hard hitting in our midfield area. Um, throwing me down forwards a few times, which was a, <laughs> an interesting experience. Um, I'm definitely not not as equipped to score goals as I am to stop them, but it's definitely something that I'm learning and working on. I, I worked on that and scored, managed to score two goals this season um, from from a centre position or centre half back position with a run through and nice 50 metre goal to finish the season. So that was quite a great way to finish. Um, so yeah, so mainly as a defender um, or as a sort of a holding midfield kind of player in the centre. We've seen courtesy of Laura Jurea first and then Cora Stoughton the next year. The floodgates open for the Irish. Sarah Rose already been signed up for Collingwood. Mm. If yourself and or Nia Johnson Wales got picked up, what do you think this would mean for women's Australian football back in the UK? Oh, hopefully it just keeps building the platform. Like the girls back home, you can't under, under, understand how much work they're putting in unless you've seen it. And I haven't seen it firsthand as in being in the country when it happens, but um, just seeing the initiatives that constantly being put out there for the girls new clubs are being grown and developed in the UK all over the country to, to like expand the leagues there's more teams that have now been happening in Wales there's more teams um, happening in the north of England so I, I think yes it would be great for us to, to have something happening over here in Australia but I also think that you know, us two aren't going to be the ones that make the difference. It's the girls back at home that really make the difference. Although, if we get a bit of airtime, I guess, back at home, it might show people what this sport's about. And instead of them choosing rugby or soccer or netball, they might go, oh, let's give a go of this weird-looking sport that is a combination of a few different sports. Who knows? 
Frankie, thanks very much for joining us here on Women's Australian Rules Football on RSN Carnival. It's been a pleasure to speak with you again and all the very best throughout the remainder of the combine. Thank you very much. And joining us now is 24 Irish International in Ashling Curling. Ashling, welcome to Melbourne. How does it feel to be halfway on the other side of the world playing a game that was probably foreign to you when you were born? Yeah, exactly. It just feels a bit surreal, I suppose. Um, a few of us are still kind of looking at each other thinking, are we actually here? Because um, it all happened so quickly. Um, I suppose in the space of two weeks, we were getting an email saying that we were on the way to Australia. So, um, yeah, but it's a great experience and I'm kind of enjoying what, I'm, what we're doing so far. What did you expect when you first came across the CrossCoders website and applied to try and take part in the program to get a rookie contract? I suppose I didn't really know what to expect. Um, it was all kind of, you know, apply and kind of see what happens. Um, obviously, you know, there's, there's no expectations there because it's the first time it's, you know, it's ever come about. Um, but obviously, you know, would be the ideal would be to see, you know, to get a, a rookie contractor to just even get yourself out into the, I suppose, just to see what happens. Can you give us an idea of your Gaelic background when you first took up Lady Gaelic football? So I started when I was about, um, I think it was 10, and I was just playing with my school. So then after that, then I joined a club, um, my local club, which is Moorfield. Um, and then after that, then I suppose I was the age of 12, then I was selected for the county team, and I've been playing that ever since. So um went through through minor and then all up to senior with, with the county team. Can you give us an insight into the role that you play within your Catholic side? Um, I suppose... Um, like I play, like I kind of play different few different positions for the different teams. So county this year I would have been uh, midfield, just centre of the field. Um, whereas last year I would have been kind of out in the wings for the wing back um, mm. for my club. Then again it'll be the same. So it kind of depends on each year which which manager kind of thinks I'd be best for the team. How would you equate that role of a wing back compared to say Australian rules football? Where I guess if we were thinking like a defensive wing, you're talking something like a half back flanker, mm-hmm. uh, a position where it requires not only running creativity but also good reading of the football and backing into space. So it would be very similar. Um, my role would be a lot of, um, I suppose, like what I'd be known for is I'd run um, and run with the ball um, and come from deep. So that'd be kind of something that'd be fairly similar on, on both sides. How much have you had the oval shaped football in your hand? Um, in total, probably I'd say I've had about five sessions. Um, so two actually were here. So I've only had three ta- three chances at home, um, and it was only just fairly quick kind of kick rounds. It wasn't anything too strenuous. It was just kind of get my hand on the ball and just trying to attempt to kick the ball and hand pass and see see how best I could do it. Now, obviously, besides the different shapes of the balls between the gate ball and the Aussie rules football, can you kind of give an insight in how you're finding it and trying to get used to the different hand drop? I suppose that's actually one thing that I'm kind of finding a bit difficult is the, the dropping of the ball to, to kick it. Um, you know, you think that it'd be fairly easy just to drop a ball straight down, but the difference in kicking an Aussie ball and a Gaelic football is when you go to kick a Gaelic football you kind of lift your hand a little bit and mm. um, if you do that with the with the Aussie rules ball when if you lift the ball up it's not going to go straight and you kind of chance the risk then of kind of throwing them um, or kicking kind of a few torpedoes or the ball's yeah. just going to spin it's not going to yeah. you know exactly exactly what your your um, teammate is going to be easy um, to catch so and what about also getting used to the tackling element of the mm-hmm. game um, well, last night was actually the first time that we um, attempted to tackle or to we were showed how to tackle properly. Um, ladies Gaelic football um, back home, it, it is kind of classified as a non-contact sport. So the, for the majority of us here, it is fairly foreign. So we wouldn't really know how best to go about it. Um, but what we went through last night, you know, it was good. And it was actually, it was great to get a chance to actually really get stuck in. And it wasn't just kicking around the ball. We were actually getting to know a bit more of what it, kind of what you go through in an actual game. 
On Sunday uh, morning, you had the opportunity to go to Etihad Stadium to watch a VFL women's game up front. As we say, VFL women's is kind of like a minor league compared to the major league of the AFLW. What did you take away from that first time being able to sit at a large venue like that, sitting there watching the 18-a-side game, and not just obviously the skills, but how the players set up? Um, I suppose, yeah, it was it was great to see because I'd only ever really seen it, um, kind of a few video clips. I would never actually set through a full full game, um, but actually to see it live as well, um, it's it's it is totally different to kind of what I was expecting. Um, it's um, so it is a completely different skill set, you know, where we in, in Gaelic football we kind of it's constantly continuously running game, um, whereas with the with the ladies over here it's um, it's fairly kind of stop start and and things like that, whereas we would be a fairly free flowing game. So it would be inter- it was interesting to see how they kind of work that side of things, and um, with the stop and starting and getting the advantage and, and kind of things like that. We had on the Monday evening, which was day one, the combine testing, which obviously was the vertical jump, running vertical jump, 20-meter sprint, agility run, etc. Um, how much of that had you done back at home uh, prior to obviously taking part in your Gaelic side, but also um, anything that you found foreign as part of that uh, testing? Um like I suppose when you're playing with the with the county side, um, there was a few um, testing that we would do. Now we would only we wouldn't really do testing to select players to play in the team. We do testing after the team is selected, um, so at the start of the year, and then we'd kind of do a few of the similar tests again later on to see if there is improvements. Um, we generally would kind of do a few of the similar um, kind of the the testings, but what we wouldn't do is like all the kicking drills and things like that. The, those kind of tests, we wouldn't have the equipment that they would have had. That when you go to kick a ball, it checks your technique and your speed of kicking a ball and things like that. So that was all, it was all very interesting. And then we would obviously be getting the results of that um, to see our, t- our kicking technique and, and all that, which we wouldn't kind of have the the technology back home or, you know, the funding to get that kind of information. So, And finally, um, the, the two-part question of if you had the choice, what city would you like to go to in Australia if you could play football there? And what role do you think you'd fit best on an Australian rules football ground? Um, I suppose I would like to to come to Melbourne to play, um, obviously because it is um, such a big, um, there is also such a big like following of, of football here. It's um, I kind of, you know, the whole environment and everything would be kind of that's that's what would really appeal to me. Um, and the role I'd I suppose kind of taken back from what I would be in in Gaelic football would be that kind of wing kind of wing back probably position, and um, would be something that I'd be would like. Uh- Ashling, thank you very much for joining us here on Women's Australian Rules Football. We wish you all the very best throughout the remainder of the Combine. That's great. Thanks very much. And joining us now, 28-year-old American from the Seattle Grizzlies, it's April Lewis. April, how are you? Doing well. I want to step back a couple of years to the Seattle Grizzlies. Who was the first person to bump into you to say, hey, you need to play Australian Rules Football? Um, Kyle Rasp, actually. I uh, had just moved back to Seattle and closest gym to where I yeah. took up residence. Uh, <laughs> happened to be working out one day. He also worked out at the gym. He just saw me. He was like, you look big. You look tall. Come out and play footy. He didn't do a great job selling it, <laughs> but I was like, I don't have many friends. Just moved back to this new city, and I have nothing going on Saturday morning. You, so. you're, you're not almost thinking, geez, this is the strangest pickup line I've ever heard at this gym. Oh yeah, I, I, I was confused. I thought it was a <laughs> thought it was a pickup attempt, but turns out it was just related to footy. And first day out, like went and had a kick for Australian Day of 2017. They had a yeah. Aussies versus USA Metro yeah. and uh, just fell in love with it. So, well, What does it 
most about Australian rules football, either on or off the field, that makes you love the game? Um, well, on the field, it's a combination of literally every sport that I've mm. ever played. It, you know, it requires the ability to jump high, run fast, have agility, but also have a tank of gas. You have to be gutsy. You've got to have some grit mm. and you've got to want to get the ball. Mm. So just a combination of everything that I love about sports. It sort of draws in all of those skills. And then off the field, it's the biggest family. I mean, it's yeah. a family. Yeah. Everyone supports you. Everyone is encouraging. Like it's a immediately you've got a 60, 60 group like of new friends. So. And Val Barbara Axtell, she's not the mama, is she of the uh, Seattle Grizzlies? Uh, she's she's the founder. I wouldn't say she's the mama. No, the, there, the head of the family. He, you know. Yeah, she she founded she founded the women's team. A lot of respect for that. And like you know, without her pushing so hard for the women's team, like I wouldn't have had a place to come out to. Right? Are you personally surprised by that fact that she only had like a couple of players in 2016 to by 2017 to have a full squad? the second year of existence to go to the Nationals and, by the look of it, 2018, another full squad to go again. So it's, I mean, it's pretty crazy just in the time, like, yeah, I'd say we had three or four girls before I came along. I, I would say I was probably number four or number five, and, like, I played my first official footy game in mm. April of 2017, and then by Western Regionals, you know, two months later, we took 13 girls, so like tripled in size just in the first two and a half months. And then, you know, two months later, we took 21 girls to nationals, which is phenomenal. And yeah, a full squad again this year is like really encouraging. How, so. did, how did you feel in your first year to go, by the way, Western Regional Tournament, here's the MVP? It was, I mean, it, it came as a big surprise. Like, I, I just went out, like, I want to have fun. I want to play mm. footy, and I'm going to play as hard as possible, you know, whether because that, mm. that's me. Yeah. And um, I, it's kind of mind-blowing to sort of, you know, go from playing my first game to two and a half months later, you know, being the best in the west side of the country. Like, that's... And it's no easy feat, by the way, because, for example, you play Ruck, and you're going up against Haley Kastanek, who was the USA Freedom captain. <laughs> and she's intimidating as hell, to say yeah. the least. And, I mean, just, like I said, everyone sort of underestimates my ability to Ruck. And I think just, you know, based on height and yeah. based on my physical build and... It's an honor to play against her and to challenge her and, like so much respect for her as a player but I mean I honestly love playing against her because it's a challenge and compare that uh, MVP in 2017 to another success again in 2018 at this year's Western Regionals what do you think personally you've improved on in your game over that 12 month period I mean I working a lot on the skills I mean working on always working on my conditioning because I come from a running background so that's always something that I like you specialized, by the way, you, you specialized in 3K steeplechase. Yeah, which requires, well, I mean, long-distance event that requires jumping. Yeah. So two, two things, again, that you have to do in order to ruck and you need in footy. Um, but I, I would say, I mean, I worked a lot on the skills, a lot on the conditioning, and just 
consistency um, over the course of the year. You know, after nationals, I took some time. I needed to heal up a few things. Yeah. Uh, but 2018 was really bittersweet because mm. you probably know that the Grizzlies club as a whole had an 0-6 record. Mm. So it was, I was really upset and frustrated about those performances and to win the best and fairest again. It, it was, it, it's hard with a, with a losing yeah. record to yeah. want to celebrate you, personal accomplishments. You'd rather transfer that individual thing for a premiership or title, etc. Yeah, it's yeah. just, it, it's, it was really hard to feel good about that and feel good about myself when we had an 0-6 record as a club. So I felt much better about the performance just and the attitude and atmosphere in 2017. But I don't know. <laughs> on the personal side of things, what were your thoughts when you've seen on the USAFL website, you've seen cross-coders promoted and applications open? What were your original thoughts? Um, I mean, I, I originally saw it on the USAFL website and... Um, you know, some of my, you know, members of the Grizzlies encouraged me specifically to apply for it. And so, you know, within the club, I feel like there was a lot of support outside of the club. There wasn't as much support, which, I mean, it is what it is, right? Yep. Like, they're a program, this is an opportunity, and as a footy player and wanting to get better, I want to make the most of the opportunities that have presented themselves. So, yep. I took it upon myself and, you know, I want to be better at footy. I want to continue getting, being challenged and getting better at the sport because it's a newfound passion and love and I'm pouring what I have, everything into this right now. So, Can you believe your initial reaction to getting the email of here's a plane ticket, come on over to Melbourne? Um, <laughs> my initial reaction was, um, you know, so I got the email at like, 3.30 or something in the middle of the night and I happened to, you know, get up to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night and I found that email. I just, you know, check your phone, yeah. see what time it is, saw yeah. that email and then I got back in bed and I was just absolutely wired, you know, like <laughs> like heart just yeah, beating. You can't sleep, everything's going through your mind. Yeah, it was like clammy hands and so I, I got up straight away. I, <laughs> I ran around Lake Union, so a <laughs> solid six-mile run at 4 a.m., and then, you know, by 4.45, I was, like, walked back into the house. I was like, I still have nothing to do. It's still dark outside. Like, I don't even need coffee. <laughs> I'm, and so, you know. You were here in Australia on Sunday afternoon. You got to see the VFL Women's Grand Final, so your first footy game in person at Hetihad Stadium. Seeing the 18-a-side game was played then on a bigger field, what did you take away from the positioning and everything that happened out there on the ground? Um, I mean, it was watching the, I mean, Geelong versus Hawthorne. Uh, they had two very different styles of play. And I think what really contributed to Hawthorne's like success was their ability to utilize the field. I mean, they maintained their space, sort of had that spread and better positioning the whole time. And they were able to get possession to possession, you know, take some solid marks and really utilize the field. Whereas Geelong it looked, you know, more athletic. They were running quite a bit more. They were working harder, but maybe not necessarily working smarter. Um, 
And like, you, you know, you would look at the, you know, loose ball on the ground and there were six or seven Geelong girls all around it and Hawthorne, you know, maybe had two or three near the contest, but then spread. Yeah. So they had a lot of openings and um, I think that was one thing that really helped. On Monday, you went through the combine testing, the 20-meter sprints, agility, uh, ball kicking skills, etc. Personally, how do you think you went? Um, I mean, everyone has their strengths and weaknesses, right? Like, yeah. my, my vertical, my, my running jump, real, I mean, that's definitely a strength, yeah. right? Um, I would say, I mean... Uh, my probably the worst was my tune-ups, if yeah. I'm being honest. But like I said, everybody has strengths and weaknesses, and I think, as a whole, I mean, I feel confident in what I mean. Like I put my best yeah. effort forward on that given day. So. And final question, uh, as we ask everyone, um, if you're able to pick what Aussie city you could end up in and be playing for, where would that be? And if you did obviously get onto a team, what position do you think you'd play best at AFLW level? Okay. Um, I mean, if I had the opportunity to play in the AFLW, I am impartial to the city, yeah. right? Like, yeah. there are 10 teams. <laughs> On the fence. I'm, so, yeah. I'm one individual. If I had the opportunity to play, I would, in a heartbeat, go yeah. to any city. So, yeah. without a doubt, <laughs> um, just take on that opportunity. So, I have zero preference when it comes to that. Um in terms of position, I mean, I love rocking, if I'm being honest. Yeah. Like, that's where I feel most confident and at home. But I agree with everyone that's ever talked to me about rocking is that I'm small in that position. And I can't knock the facts, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, every ruck I play against is yeah. bigger than me. Um, and I know that. And I seem, I mean... When I'm not rucking, even for the Grizzlies, you know, have an on-field yeah. substitution, I usually either swap, drop back and play um, center half back or swap forward, play center half forward. So mm -hmm. sort of still right in the guts, impacting that mm -hmm. middle of the field. But, um, I mean, even on, I mean, when the men, when I play with yeah. the men, I play still on ball or out on a wing. So mm -hmm. really... Anywhere in the middle of the field would be my preference. That's my comfort zone. Um, to anywhere between that half-forward line and that half-back line, I'm confident. April, thanks again for joining us here at Women's Australian Rules Football on RSN Carnival. We wish you all the very best throughout the remainder of the Combine and then in October on 13th and 14th at Racing Wisconsin for the USAFL Nationals with the Seattle Grizzlies. Yeah, thank you. And a familiar voice joining us now. I think this is the third or fourth interview that she's done with us. Yes. The second since she's in Melbourne taking part in this uh, international combine with cross-coders, Colin Decay. Colin, how are you? I'm good, good. Um, a bit sore from yesterday, but um, yeah, really good. Really, really happy to be here, learning a lot. So that's what I'm here for. That's, that's just great. The last time we spoke to you, you had finally found a home in Melbourne. If you're looking for, around all these clubs and the Darabin Falcons took you on board, mm -hmm. I think you might have been a bit too late to be able to be on the VFLW list. So you played NFNL, am I correct? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I played um, six games, I think, with the, the Division One team, so in the Northern Football League. Um, and I, But I kept training with the VFL squad for the rest of the season, and that was just... That was amazing. I thought, I think I saw, I said this before in the last interview. It was just mind blowing the, the training. 
uh, everything I've learned. Um, so now that's the next step of my foodie journey. Journey. It's uh, yeah, cross quarters. Uh, just a huge opportunity for everybody that's not that didn't grow up. Uh, didn't grow up living in Australia, being in this foodie culture to show that. Uh, what we capable of and that we can compete with and against the best. Um, so, um, so yeah, really happy to be here and uh, to try to put in action everything I've learned with Darabin this year. For the six games that you play, plus as well for all the times you've been training under the eye as well, those VFLW coaches, mm-hmm. what is the feedback that they've been giving you about where you, where you are at at the moment as a footballer? Uh, to be honest, uh I didn't get uh, many, many feedback, so I'm just trying to uh, assist myself, and uh, I'm always a bit hard with myself, so it's it's hard to say exactly where I am right now. Um, but you know, it's the, the part of what I'm doing right now, moving to Australia, like the whole process of moving to Australia, trying to play football is not missing any opportunity. So. Um, Wherever I am right now, I know I can only I can get better uh, in all aspects of the fitness or or the game, uh, and that's what I want to do next. I want to I want to get better. I want to learn everything I can learn, and I want to have a, the best se- season I've ever had uh, next se- next season. So um, it's all part part of the same process. Everything I'm doing, every little step I'm taking, it's gonna move me and move towards the right direction for me. Um, wherever I am, I am right now, I just I, I'm I'm going to get better. That's for sure. You've been part of the group for a couple of days now, since particularly yep. most of the Irish contingent arrived yeah. on on Saturday. Have you almost found yourself as like a pseudo leader within the group because you're someone that's been out here, you've played, and obviously, like when the VFLW Grand Final was going on, that you all watched, you knew what it was all about, all the positioning work mm-hmm. and everything they're trying to do. Um, yes and no. I think. Um, yeah, yesterday at training, I definitely had some things I learned before to share with those girls, and probably tonight with the game, um, I think the voice of, of the girls that played before myself, Renki, Amanda, uh, Nicola are going to be important, and we're going to be able to uh, lead this team tonight. Um, so, um, yeah, a little bit. Um, I'm always happy to share what I've learned. So, um, so that tonight is going to be probably uh, bigger than yesterday. A 16-a-side uh, modified game, obviously, to try and test out the skills, particularly of those that have come mm. across that haven't played the sport yeah. so far. Based on the combine testing, how do you personally think you went on Monday night? Um, I well. With the with the test yesterday, I have to say I was a bit disappointed with uh, what I did um, because I put a lot of effort in this um, for the last couple of months or even years. Like I've always pushed myself. Like I've never really been part of any other program, so it's always always all me trying to keep this uh, like push myself uh, further and further each time. So. Um, I know I've done a lot already, but I can see that I'm not quite there yet. So that's why I want to keep pushing uh, for the next couple of months and year or whatever. Um, so uh, yeah, you know, I as I say, like I just now it's I'm ready for the next level. So um, I want to push myself and I want to show that I'm capable of uh, 
bigger things to get some more guidance for professionals. Obviously, a lot of credit that you've got the team of the tournament, AFL Europe Champions League, you were in that. Obviously, the uh, world team of the tournament at the IC uh, 2017 last year. We finally found out that you've done a Paris half marathon as well. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I didn't know what, what else to put. Like, you know, yeah. when we asked for our achievements and I was, so I was like, okay, what am I proud of? And uh, running, I run two half marathon, actually one in Sydney a couple of years ago and the one in Paris this year and I improved my personal best by seven minutes and that's something I was quite proud of. Like, it's the same thing. Like, it was all like, I'm, I gave myself that challenge and I did it. And so I'm, I was proud of it. So I, I thought I should. Uh, I should put it on the, the form and so they, they shared this. I, I didn't expect them to share this with everybody, but oh, you know, why not? Like I, and that's, you know, it's, yeah, uh, I like running. I like, I, but it's more the challenge that I like and half marathon, it's, it can be a challenge for, yeah. And, and just looking ahead to next year, barring being picked up by an AFLW club, mm-hmm. if not, and you're trying to say get into state league football with yep. whether it be Darabin or any other VFLW side. Exactly. How much better do you think it will be? Because you came halfway during the year yep. this year. How much think, better do you think it will be when essentially now or next month your preseason starts yep. and you start building your exercise plan, etc., towards season 2018? Oh, well, look, I, I really can't wait for it. Um, um, it's... It, last night was so good to have a kick at the footy and do some, a little game. Like, I really missed it in the past month. And uh, the past month I was in Queensland, so it's not really a footy, footy state. Um, I can't wait for it. I've never actually been part of a pre, of a full preseason process. Um, and it's gonna be, it's gonna be huge for me. Uh, because it's, it's gonna be my first season where I can be part of the whole thing. And so, um, so I think that I will be the best I've ever been next season. That's for sure. And finally, before we let you go, um, as we ask everyone, if you're allowed to choose, oh, I know we're staying. I know you're staying in <laughs> Melbourne at the moment. But if you're allowed to choose any city to stay in in Australia to play Aussie Rules football, what city would that be? And what spot do you think you'll fill in best out on the field? Uh, that's a tough question because I love Sydney, of course, um, but. Melbourne's been quite good to me for the past couple of months, so I see myself staying in Melbourne. But I also went to Brisbane a couple of weeks ago um, to do the trials with the Brisbane Lions. And I had an awful memory of Brisbane. The only time I went was five years ago. It was raining, cold. It was We got a parking ticket, if I remember well. So <laughs> I was like, oh, Brisbane's not for me. But I went there two weeks ago, and I thought, wow, what a beautiful city. It's like really, it's a bit more quiet, but... It, the weather's better, and so honestly, I'm I'm open to everything. Um, yeah. And let me just quickly pick up on that point. You said you went to the Brisbane Lions yeah. testing. How did you find that you personally went on that day? Uh, I think I did. I did good. Um, it's it was more for the experience um, to see what they were expecting from us. So I was I didn't have any pressure going there. So and I just had fun. I just, I had lots of fun. Uh, it's exactly the same thing I'm trying to do this week, just having fun and um, push myself and learn. Uh, so, um, and it's also, you know, that's, that's what I said, like all those little things, like this, those experiences, I'm sure one day it's going to pay off. Like one day it's going to um, pay off. Yeah. Colleen, thank you very much again for joining us on Australian Rules Football Radio and uh, enjoy the rest of the combine. Yeah, I will. Thank you very much, Peter. 
And we're joined now by 22-year-old Irish national in uh, Ashling Sheridan. Ashling, first of all, welcome to Melbourne. Bit of cool, bit of cool weather. So I guess it's a little bit back home. Yeah, um, I think we all came out with the expectations that it was going to be very warm or something. And the way we're going on, talking about the cold, you'd swear we're coming from a hot climate. But uh, yeah, Melbourne's weather seems to be a bit unpredictable, kind of like home. Can you believe that you're halfway across the world playing a sport that you may not have even heard of when you were growing up? No, like even yesterday when we were coming out of the train and I, I was chatting to some of the girls and I was even liked them then. God, like it still hasn't really hit me that I'm in Australia, like just with the whole everything's happening so fast and um, like some of the testing we're doing is kind of similar to home and even with the weather and everything, it's sometimes I'm like, oh God, I'm in Australia and then I kind of forget about it. It's kind of a bit in between, so it is. You talked about like the testing back home. Can you give us an insight, particularly for the other sports that you play, about what type of testing you'll be done to obviously test if you're worthy of having a place on the side? Well, like we did the kind of an agility test and a 20 meter sprint test, which I've done before with my county. Um, and then just, I suppose, like the vertical jump, uh, hadn't really done that. Um, even the decision making we had to work on, uh, I've never actually done anything like that. So that was kind of, kind of different to experience and the kicking and the, the, the Buckley kicking test we did. I've never heard of that till yesterday. So that was different, but uh, it was all enjoyable. So it was. As we talk that uh, this is a semi-professional contract, and like the women out here, they're all semi-professionals having to juggle uh, school or, edu- or uh, their work career. Uh, for yourself back home, again, I believe it's amateurs that you're playing as ladies Gaelic football. What are you trying to balance as well as playing your sport? Um, well, I'm only after finishing college there back in the end of May, kind of start of June. And I was playing college football and county football at the one time and club was there as well. And then with my degree was final year, so I had a big dissertation to do. So I suppose all of that was kind of trying to work on time and that. And with college football finished, then it was kind of straight back into I go to college in Dublin. So I'd have to travel from Dublin to Cavan, um, which would be about an hour and a half drive every Tuesday or Wednesday evening. And then I'd have to be home for a Friday evening training. So I suppose from trying to do my dissertation and testing and writing up the whole paper to having to travel home some evenings, that was probably something that was kind of you had to really time out and um, especially like it's not a professional sport so you're doing it because you want to do it mm. and that's probably a big thing as well like you said coming to the end of your college years were you considering that fact of coming to australia or somewhere like that anyway post-college that doing the two-year working visa for example yeah um i was offered to go out to america for the summer but i kind of decided against that but uh one of my housemates is actually coming out to australia now in november to play with collingwood mm-hmm. so that was kind of in my house anyway like uh with me and my housemates um that she was always talking about going to australia and stuff like that and we always said like uh, seeing how things work out that we might go but then with her going to AFL it kind of we got more into it and got talking about it more and it definitely seemed like a possibility that of course would be Sarah Rowe yeah. has been picked Sarah. up uh, have you actually had the opportunity since obviously Sarah knew that she was going to play over here to take the oval shaped ball and try and work together and work on those skills prior to coming to the combine well um, only when she I remember she landed back from Australia she went out to visit for 10 days I think it was in April uh, she had brought home some of the balls so it, just in our housing style housing estate we kind of went out to the field area and she was explaining to us the kicking and the the hand passing and that kind of thing but uh, it was only we had a few balls just lying around the house so unless you picked it up and just kicked it yourself 
Um, there wasn't too much focus on that but then when we were told we were going to Australia I think it got a bit more serious and I was at home practicing nearly every day and just trying to get used to the different shaped ball and just getting used to the kind of the kicking because it's a bit different to Gaelic especially it's kind of more off the laces whereas kicking in Gaelic you kind of kick around the boot and kind of on the inside of the boot. Uh, Which we saw with Cora Stoughton with most of her shots on goal were kicking around the corner from straight in front which was quite unusual compared to obviously our Australians have we've grown up kicking the foot For yourself personally, what skills do you think you bring best to the AFL game? Um, I suppose I'd be a very strong uh, player. In Gaelic, I kind of play near in front of the goal, so I'd be quick uh, quick and strong in a one-on-one ball to win it and kind of turn a player. So I definitely think they'd be something I could bring to the game. Um, And I'm tall enough, so I'd be good under a high ball, but they're probably my strengths, I'd say. You got to see in person the VFL Women's Grand Final, which is, I guess, using an American term, you call it the minor league compared to the major league, that is AFLW. What did you pick up from being there in person to watch the bigger field in the 18-a-side game? Um, when I first seen the field, I I didn't it didn't shock me the size of it because the Gaelic football pitch is generally big. Um, the the game was brilliant, but there was some stuff I, we were talking to some of the Australians like uh, the managers here, and we were just kind of everyone kind of seemed to follow the ball. Whereas in Gaelic, we were always looking for the space. We're kind of spreading it out. That's kind of what I was like. Oh, is that a big thing here? But um, the managers were saying, yeah, like that's kind of what you're looking for. Instead of everyone falling the ball, kind of switching the play, we do a lot of that in Gaelic. You get caught in a corner, you kind of work it back out and switch to the other side. So that was kind of one thing I noticed in the VFL game that probably wasn't there as much. But um, I think it was just the game. It's actually a thing here. One thing we talk about with Gaelic football is their athleticism. So can you give us an insight to how much exact training you do per week, how much time you're out there on the training track trying to improve your fitness? Yeah, um, well, I suppose it's kind of different, I suppose, with college versus your county or your club. So with college, because you only have a set time, you know, uh, girls are only in college from Monday to Friday and you're at home at your weekend. So if I take the month of March, for example, so Tuesdays and Thursdays was with my college, Dublin City University or DCU. Then Fridays was with um, my county cabin and Sundays was generally a football match with cabin and then we back up. So it was training would be an hour and a half generally with every team and then your game, which is two 30 minutes. So there was some weeks where you'd have two games a week because with the college championships coming up, we were trying to get in um, trying to get in challenges and then the championship started. So I'd have a game maybe uh, you'd be training Tuesday, game Thursday the county manager would give you the Friday off and then you'd have another game the Sunday. It'd be something like that. So it was pretty hectic. And then once college finishes, you kind of have that, you kind of have that extra session off. Well, not, I suppose. And then maybe then when club starts, it's kind of hard to fit that in. It it has to be kind of worked between your club and your county managers. And finally, um, you had on Monday your first combine testing, going through all the skills, the leaps, the 20-meter sprints, etc., how do you think personally you fared? Um, I I've seen some of my results and I was happy with them. Um, I had the second fastest twenty meter sprint, which I was happy with, and I I had a good jump and I seen my agility and it was all good. I suppose they were the results we could see. Um, I'm not sure about the decision making that was gone on a computer, so that's different. The kicking, I think everyone was kind of the same with the kicking, um, just trying to get used to the distance and the accuracy and that. Uh, that was okay. It probably could have been better, could have been worse, but um, I was happy with my results and hopefully it'll help. 
Ashton Sheridan, thanks very much Thank for joining you very us. Much. That concludes our interviews that were recorded at the Caroline Springs McCure Hotel. We recorded a few more interviews on Tuesday evening at Trevor Barker Beach Oval in Sandringham. On that particular night, the international cross-coders formed together as an 18-a-side team to take on a VFLW selection, obviously to highlight their skills as they try to get this rookie contract. And in quite a surprise, despite some of the women not even playing a game of Aussie rules to that very night, the international cross-coders defeated the VFLW team 6-8-44 to just five behinds in a game that was played at breakneck speed. Here's the first of our interviews. Joined by uh, Ashling McCarthy. Ashley, how does it feel, first of all, to be out on the other side of the world? Uh, yeah, it's my first time out here, so um, it's good to, I suppose, get to travel this far and experience a different culture and the football out here. So um, it's a great experience for all of us, and um, we're all delighted to be out here and immersed in the football world out here, so it's great. What made you want to sign up for the Crosscoders program and give Aussie rules a go? Um, well, I suppose we're, there's like 11 of us coming out from Ireland and we're all playing at the highest level at home. Mm. And I suppose it's obviously not a professional setup. And I think the AFL really sells itself well um, over in Ireland with the professionalism and the high standards it set. So I suppose it's just very attractive that you will get the opportunities and you no know, stone will be unturned to become the best athlete I suppose you can become. And I think... A lot of our skills from Gaelic football are very transferable um, to the game. I suppose you could see that tonight that a lot of the Irish girls probably um, felt a bit at home there tonight. Um, I think we really put it up to the to the Aussie girls, so um, it was just a great experience overall. Are you even surprised by that? I mean, you're taking on a, a, a bunch of Victorian girls, a bunch of Victorian amateur footballers, but to win comprehensively in a scratch match, your first time together, 6-8-44 to just five behinds, that's a comprehensive victory. Yeah, I suppose um, we're probably a bit surprised. But look, um, as I said, a lot of the skills that we have at home are very transferable and we're playing at the highest standard we can at home. Like, we're one of the best kind of crop of athletes coming from our sport. So, um, like, we've all turned our hand to different sports over the years as well. So I suppose it was just a new challenge. But, um, like, there's great players. Like, Yvonne Bonner was scoring goals galore there tonight yeah. so like she's unbelievable back home playing for Donegal as well so that was no surprise um, and I think that we all just settled in nicely I suppose probably a bit apprehensive at the start we didn't really know what to ex- expect but sure the first few hits and kicks um, we kind of uh, settled ourselves into it so that was good. How would you assess your own performance not only tonight but also at the combine when you were doing the testing on Monday? Um, yeah I suppose we kind of be a bit used to kind of getting tested in college football um, we kind of go through tests like that um, I suppose the standard is very high so um, like a lot of your scores um, are against like great athletes so like you kind of have to like know that's, that that's some, you're not going to score the highest in some of them do you know we're, we're all um, quite good athletes and things like that um, and then just the combine yeah the skills I suppose um, our kicking is only getting better so I suppose day one doing the kicking tests was tough um, we've got better each day so um uh, that's good but like no we'd be kind of used to that kind of setup at home so like there was no real surprises um, but no it was nice to get out here tonight now and finally if given the opportunity to play in the AFL and yeah. where do you see yourself where do you see your role on the ground um, well I suppose I played kind of midfield there tonight and I got on a bit of ball so I don't know um, if I'm lucky enough I'll be put wherever I'm needed but um 
no, I suppose at home I play kind of half forward midfield, so that'd be kind of what I'm used to. Um, but look, I don't mind if I'm lucky enough to get picked up this week. Um, I'll try my best to settle into a team and sure you'll only get played by merit. So um, that's obviously something that you're going to have to know you're coming into a professional setup. There's AFL players playing for the past few years, so you're going to be a small fish in a big pond, really. But um, I think any of the girls that do get contracts this weekend, um, they're really going to excel in their role. So that's really exciting. Ashback, thanks for your time. Thank you. Joined now by Amanda Magan. Now, Amanda, like a few of the Irish girls, you've actually had experience playing Aussie rules out here, first of all, with the St Kilda Sharks. Yeah, I've been playing with the St Kilda Sharks since I came out now in May, so I'm enjoying improving my skills and developing them a bit more. So I came out from Ireland to kind of improve them, so hopefully that there's happening going upwards. And how have you found the standard personally of playing in the uh, AFL South East competition with the Sharks? Yeah, it's been very good. I've been transitioning between the um, Div 2s and the Div 1s because I was late into the season. So I played a few matches with the Div 2s and then going up into the Div 1s was a wee bit better standard, cleaner football, nice clean marks, um, a lot a lot tidier football and it was messy. Now you had played in the Arpli Super 7s with the West Clare Waves. How have you found that standard compared to what we have here at the moment at suburban level in Victoria? Um, the standard at the sevens now, the West Clare Waves, was, was very good. Now, um, the teams we come up against um, give us good competition, but we kind of blew them away with a lot of speed, with a lot of um, good catchers, good leads, good marks. So we kind of stood out very well there. So coming over to here in the full 18s was a big difference. So from the leagues back at home, we only play small side games to come into a full match. It is a big difference. You can see a lot more space, a lot more running and more gameplay, more tactics. Are you surprised by that? Because the comments on the boundary line were tonight, uh, leaving aside the skills from it, was the speed of the game tonight. Yeah, the Gaelic girls bring a lot of speed. We do the whole squad. The girls are very fast and we're always wanting to keep running with the ball. When we take a mark, we kind of still want to keep the ball going and keep it moving because we want to use the speed to our advantage. Have you assessed yourself personally over the past couple of days, going through the combine and now tonight playing aside those Gaelic girls and of course the USA girls, Fijians, etc., taking on the Victorians? Um, not really putting too much pressure on that at the minute, just kind of going with it and just trying to push to get the best out of myself that I can do. What are your plans going forward? Should you not be lucky enough if you don't get the AFLW contract? Are you still staying out here for another year in Australia? Yeah, yeah, I'm intending to send it here another year, get my farm work done, hopefully get a second year visa and push on developing my skills and try and push to the higher level. If you to look at your own game, what do you think personally you need to probably take the next step on to make sure that you can give it a fair shake to try and get to AFLW? Um, brush up on the skills and just keep up on my fitness, keep it up high. Well, Amanda, thank you very much for your time and all the very best in the uh, rookie draft. Thank you very much. Cheers. Emma Gallagher joins us here. Emma, you're just 18 years old. You're on the other side of the country. What brought you to the Crosscoders program? Uh, I played a bit of AFL back home, so Super 7s with the North East Cooks. And what uh, got you across to playing in that uh, AFLW competition set up by Mike Curran and uh, Olivia McGann back home? Uh, I play college football with one of the girls that played on the team and she asked if I'd be interested, so I said I'd give it a go. And how did you find it trying to make the switch over from Gaelic football to playing in Aussie rules? Uh, obviously the big one's the tackle, like it's really different back home, um, but other than that everything's kind of similar, Like so we have the same kind of game, um, and yeah, it's the tackle points and that's kind of it. You got to see your first AFL game uh, in person in the VFLW Grand Final at Etihad Stadium just a couple of days ago. What did you take out of that, seeing 18 aside for the first time and how they structured up? 
It was uh, yeah, really good. So to see it on TV, like obviously you're only seeing parts of it, um, but to see it in the flesh, yeah, it's it's very very tough, very physical game, and it's it's great to watch. You went through some skill sessions on Monday, and then also did a combine. Personally, how do you think you went? I thought it was good. Yeah, um, a lot of stuff obviously to work on, but uh, everything's doable, and really looking forward to really um, getting into it and getting going. Were you personally surprised by the speed and the pace of the game tonight? Oh yeah, big time. I wasn't expecting that at all. But uh, once you get your first tackle in and everything gets going, it's it's good. Well, Amir, thank you very much for your time and all the very best with trying to get that rookie contract. Thank you. Fina Tackney joins us. Fina, you've just uh, had your first Aussie Rules game in Australia. How did that feel? Yeah, I felt good, yeah. It was, um, it was good and intense. It was my first game playing as a rule, so it was a good experience and hopefully I'll have a few more as well. Were you personally surprised by the speed of the game? Yeah, it was very, like, it took us a while maybe to get into it after the first quarter. I think we kind of, we got in top then and I think we stayed a good intensity after that, so I think we beat them fairly well in the finish, but it was, uh, it was, a, good, it was a good experience anyway, so. You're only 17 years old, so what made you want to apply for the program to end up on the other side of the world? I suppose when like growing up you always want to be a professional of some sort and I suppose coming over here like it's the semi-professional world and um, I suppose it's something that everyone wants to experience and uh, playing Gaelic football at home you had a great buzz but it's nice to get a bit of a change and learn something new and keep learning so, while I'm so young like you know so. How did you actually first come across the game of Aussie rules? Uh, well like you'd only see the international rules coming over and back to Ireland and stuff I know it's kind of different like but then you kind of follow a few of the local lads that might get picked there's Mark O'Connor there he's playing with Geelong he's from only half an hour away from me so you're always kind of keeping in, uh, keeping keeping an eye on the Irish fellas over here so uh, it's, a good, it's good to watch him and good to follow it like you know Did the Cora Stoughton journey open up your eyes a bit to the game? Yeah, well, I suppose, like, she highlighted that there's a league over here for the women, I suppose you're kind of following her as well, but you're kind of keeping an eye on all the games, not only the great, uh, the Sydney games, you know. Um, so, it, <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, you just follow all the games, I suppose, so it's good, yeah. You landed on Saturday. On Sunday, you had the opportunity to go to Etihad Stadium and watch the VFL Women's Grand Final. What did you take away from that being the 18-a-side game and how they structure up on the ground? Yeah, I suppose the physicality is something maybe, and, and the tackling is something different to maybe that what we have at home. I suppose the speed is it's quite fast as well, um, but I suppose it's the tackling is probably the biggest thing that uh, that we look at. You know, so uh, the game we play at home is a non-contact, but the game here, like there's plenty of hits going in tonight, and you kind of forget that you have to tackle in a way, like you know. Yeah. So that's one thing that they're actually talking about uh, on the bench. They're talking about how the Irish girls, particularly going back to the ladies' Gaelic game, you're being taught how to bump and more try and ride the bump yeah. and keep going that way. Yeah, the sidestep is a big thing in Gaelic football. If you sidestep someone, you've only the goal, the goal to go to. But here, like, you kind of forget that somebody's going to come and take you out of almost, like you know, like that. But I think if we brought in the sidestep, it's probably um, it's probably a good thing that could come into Aussie rules, you know, because you can get away from players and you can avoid getting injured, I suppose. Were you surprised by the natural link-up with the side, how you managed to find each other so naturally, considering it's your first time together as a group playing? Yeah, I, <laughs> I suppose, yeah, yeah. Um, we all kind of know each other now, anyway, like, you know, so, um, <laughs> you know, so we all kind of know each other, I suppose we're getting used to playing with each other now, so hopefully now we'll get a few more games in and uh, we'll play even better. You had the uh, combine testing on the Monday, doing the 20-metre sprints, agility tests, the vertical leaps, etc. Personally, how do you think you went? 
Uh, I suppose like maybe the other girls maybe are physically physically a bit bigger than me or maybe a bit faster than that. Like, but uh, yeah, I tried my best anyway. Like, and maybe they're a bit taller than me as well, so maybe they might have jumped a bit higher. But we all had the same heart, I suppose, and we all had the same goal to come become a professional at the end of the day. So hopefully, yeah, I was happy. Like, so that's the main thing. You played on the wing tonight. Do you see yourself playing that role if you do get the chance to play in the AFLW? Yeah, I would. Yeah, anywhere, anywhere they take me, I'd go. Like, do you know what I mean? Whether it's whether it's in the in midfield or the forwards, I don't really mind. So. I'll, try and adapt my game to wherever they put me. Thanks again for joining us and all the very best and fingers crossed for that contract. Yeah, no matter, there you go. Just joining us now is Yvonne Bonner. Yvonne, 31 years old, you're on the other side of the world. What are you doing in Australia? Um, I don't know. <laughs> no, um, delighted to be here, just um, came out for a new experience, you know. It's nice to get away from that winter back home, so um, try out this and hopefully get picked up maybe and have a new experience out here then. Star Gaelic football at Donegal, so what made you want to sign up for the Crosscoders program? Yeah, so um, I heard about it and um, I thought it'd be a great idea. Um, I've been in Australia before, so I says, you know, why not get away for the winter, have a new challenge. Um, that professionalism as well that's in the AFL, the women's AFL now, so um, I says, why not? You know, it's kind of similar to Gaelic as well, so I thought that the skill sets I have could transpire back into the AFL, like so. Uh, on that point, obviously, Laura Jurae had been out here for many years and, of course, Cora Stoughton, who came out last year. Had there been much talk within the ladies' Gaelic football, within the circles, within the players, of maybe we should have a look at this AFLW and have a go? Yeah, um, I never really thought of about it before, like, but it just happened to be whenever... Um, do you know, I hear about the cross-coders, I'd say, why not? Um, when I heard about Cora, obviously then the documentary was shown mm. back home so it really gave you a good insight you can kind of guess you never really know how what it's like but seeing that documentary and just like seeing the professionalism I just thought it'd be a great opportunity I think to have a go Has there been a real boon for women's sport at the moment in Ireland obviously we've seen the women's Irish rugby team we've seen the Irish hockey side make the World Cup final uh, recently to a sellout crowd as well what's the atmosphere been like around women's sport? Yeah, it's it's growing all the time back home. Like you saw the record-breaking attendance, um, even in the All Ireland final again, was forty-seven thousand last year. So it went up again to fifty thousand in Crow Park there just about a week ago, two weeks ago before we came out here. So um, it's growing the hockey as well. Like you says, you know, it's been ranked so low, like, and then going over there and just you know, they've got the passion. They don't need anything else they've got the drive and they just want to play sports so it's just it's it's great to see them doing well we'll walk and talk while we've got it so you can go and talk because i know you're freezing cold but you've had to come down the bulldogs the gws giants and the adelaide crows have all made presentations so far what have your thoughts been on those presentations to you about them looking at possibly recruiting you to their club yeah it's exciting um seeing all the different um, clubs and what they can give to us if you got selected um, just professionalism as, as I said before like um, it's really exciting every club shows different um, values so I suppose it's just what club is right for you and what club wants you I suppose at the end of the day What did you think of the combine testing on Monday night? The 20 metre sprints agility tests, vertical leaps etc personally how do you think you went? 
yeah, I did. I was happy enough with the testing. Um, I suppose um, speed, I've always kind of tried to improve it. Like um, the kicking, I suppose it's just something new as well with that shape ball. It's hard to know whether to kick it like they wanted or kick it for distance, mm. you know, in the distance test. But, um, do you know, we're kind of used to that as well. Like in Gaelic football, it's, um, do you know, it's really getting professional back home as well. So you're getting tested like that there and your physical testing, your speed and all that there. So it's it wasn't too new to me, so um, that was good. You don't have as much fear, I suppose, then. Tonight, a few comments on the uh, boundary line, particularly from those that are involved in AFLW or VFLW class, was the speed of the game. Were you surprised by how quick it was tonight? Yeah, um, that's the first game I ever played now. So at, at every quarter, I suppose, it um, took us a while to get into it. But, yeah, there's some speedy girls out there in the Irish camp. So, um, yeah, it was, it was high pace. You've only been together for two or three days. Are you surprised by how well that you gelled? Yeah, definitely. Um, as I says, like we kind of used to playing, you know, that way, like with the Gaelic. Mm. So we clicked, and you know, kind of telepathic, I suppose. Mm. Like, but um, it was good, like, to play along with such high standard players as well. Played centre half four tonight, kicked a few goals. Do you envisage yourself playing that position should you be picked up? Yeah, I'm happy to play whatever position they see me being successful so um, I'm not too sure what positions but yeah I like kicking goals anyway <laughs> and just finally uh, you were at Etihad Stadium on Sunday you got to see the VFL Women's Grand Final which is just the level under AFLW what did you make of that game and the structures and how they set up compared to obviously for what you're used to playing in Gaelic yeah, it's very different, I suppose. Um, do you know, like they move it down the wings, and it's everybody kind of rushes to the one side, like where they may not use the space as much as we do in Gaelic. But um, yeah, it's hard to know how you would play it when you're looking at a game. Whereas, like, so um, yeah, um, but there was very good standard as well, even in that lower level. So I'm sure that it'd be amazing to see a proper, like, high standard game. Yvonne, thanks very much for your time and best of luck trying to get that contract. Yeah, thank you very much. Lauren Spark joins us. First of all, it's the first time you've spoken to us uh, since early in the year. How's it feel now to be called the AFLW Premiership player, Lauren Spark? Yeah, no, it um, has a nice ring to it, actually. I, I don't mind that and I'm, I don't think I'll ever get sick of hearing that. So, no, it was a great season and, and a great win at the end of it. How do you feel that two years on from playing in the Wimbledon Hawks and the AFL London Women's League to now having this vision of having women over here in Australia trying to break into the AFLW? Yeah, it's been a, a bit of a process. It's been a lot of uh, late nights, early morning calls and uh, working around with Jason and Jonathan um, and just trying to yeah make sure we bring the best people over and who we want to show off the best talent. We know I've seen it myself, Jason's seen it. We know what's abroad and what's on offer. So we just want to show show everyone here in Australia what, what the rest of the world had. There's a bit of a speech tonight from Ball Groves. He talked about the opposition that the Crosscoats are against, some players that may be picked up in the AFL draft that are certainly under the spotlight. How satisfying is it to come away with a six-goal victory for the Crosscoats over that quality? Uh, yeah, good. Uh, I wasn't scoring. Were you scoring, Pete? Were you? Yeah, six eight forty four to uh, five behind. All oh, right. Was that just off the top of your head? I didn't see you out with the the scoreboard. Anyway, no, no. Um, yeah, absolutely. We um, we saw them train for the first time last night, and these girls hadn't actually seen um, an AFL game. Some of them hadn't even seen a ball. So to then have them run around in a full eighteen aside um, against yeah some decent 
opposition, VFL girls and girls that are draft prospects, some that probably will get drafted. So to play them up against that, they kind of can see where the benchmark is. Now, we know it originally started as an exclusive Bulldogs program, but it has been opened up. I know you'd like them all to come to the Bulldogs, but how satisfying is it to see a lot of the other clubs here tonight looking at that talent and all nodding, going, there is some serious talent out here? Yeah, um, we're, I'm absolutely buzzing, and so is, so is Jason and um, JJ. We're just super pumped. Obviously, yeah, it was initially a Bulldogs initiative. We wanted to start small, one rookie potentially. Um, that was the hope, but it, it, it got out and... A few other clubs heard it. We we pushed it out to the other clubs, and um, we're absolutely wrapped that that they've come down here. They've been um, constantly viewing, chatting to the girls, getting to know them, watching Vision, um, lots of communication back and forth. So absolutely wrapped that that most of the clubs were were here or have been in contact. Well, you're the last one here at Trevor Barker Beach Oval. They're just locked up, so I better let you go. But congratulations to yourself, to Jason Hill and to Michael Curran in getting cross-coders up and for it being such a success tonight. Yeah, thanks, Peter. Cheers. Now, as we conclude our cross-coders interviews here on Women's Australian Rules Football on RSN Carnival, I just want to make a quick point that we interviewed 17 of the 18 women taking part in the cross-coders program for an AFLW rookie contract. One woman that we didn't interview, we were hoping to get a hold of on the Tuesday evening, was Morianne Atkinson. Uh, we didn't approach her in the end because during the final quarter of that game, she seemed to have sustained an injury. It looked like it was a serious left knee injury. They had it taped up. They had ice to it, uh, and she walked off on crutches. Again, we don't know the exact seriousness of the injury, but obviously we wanted to give uh, respect to her during that time when she was going through some pain and distress. And we have our fingers crossed that the injury is not serious. It's just a knock and that she'll be okay to play AFLW or any other sport that she chooses to play. But again, we just wanted to give her some space. And at any stage that Marianne Atkinson would like to come onto the program, we would certainly love to speak to her. Now let's turn our attention back a few days to Sunday the 23rd of September where the Swiss Wellness VFR Women's Grand Final was played at Etihad Stadium and it was Hawthorne that would come out as premiers defeating the Geelong Cats. And to talk us all the way through it, we've got on the line our lead caller here at RSN Carnival in Matthew Cox. Coxie, how are you? Not too bad, Pete. Uh, like I normally am this time of year, a little disappointed that the season's come to a close, but uh, the way it came to a close on the weekend was fitting of the year that we've had in the Swiss Wellness VFLW competition with Hawthorne taking the premiership over the top of the Cats, an old rivalry, two sides that uh, have grown up together, I suppose you could say, in the VFLW competition. We know Geelong are going on to bigger and better things next year with AFLW and Hawthorne just uh, making a slight statement on the weekend to the AFL to say, hey, we're here and we're running a pretty good program. It's a bit of a surprise, isn't it, when you consider that these two teams played in round one of 2017. It was 58-2, to two, Geelong over the then Box Hill Hawks. And you were thinking, well, you know, Geelong well out of the blocks. You're thinking, oh, geez, Box Hill, these Hawks program, this is going to be a disaster. And here you have it, that these two sides meet, what, 18 months later, and you flip the result with the Hawks getting the goods over the Cats. Yeah, I suppose you could say it is a surprise, but I also think it's not considering these two sides were probably the most stable coming into the 2018 season, given 
the change that occurred in VFL women's in 2018. We know that Darabin uh, and Melbourne University lost a lot of their core group of players. Um, the Spurs transferring across to the Bulldogs and uh, all the AFLW-aligned clubs having different agendas and motivations for the 2018 VFLW season. These two clubs, however, have, as I said before, they've essentially grown up with each other. Geelong were probably a step ahead given that the, the resources that they had at their disposal and the talents of the region in the Geelong area was also a little bit stronger than what uh, what was then known as Box Hill had at the time. But uh, Patrick Hill, uh, one of the great advocates of women's football, who was very gracious with his time throughout uh, the season this year, uh, he stuck to his guns. He developed uh, a lot of the youngsters last season, brought in some experienced heads in 2018 and uh, certainly turned things around. They were already turning towards the end of the last year. I think they pushed... Melbourne Uni from memory late in 2017 and also recorded uh, a win uh, off the top of my head and then they've bounced into this year, as I said. Recruited well, uh, had uh, all the right foundations laid for a good game plan and it held them in good stead. Let's have a look at the game and some of the better players. First of all, the Lisa Hardiman medal winner that is the best on ground. Chantella Pereira, 13 disposals and four marks and I think five tackles in there as well. And uh, we should mention that uh, one of our commentary team was a part of the judging panel. That was Sasha Doherty, who was our match analyst. She gave one vote to Phoebe McWilliams, two to Cassandra Blakeway and gave the three votes to Chantella Pereira. Yeah, her game was really, really good. Uh, played most of it on Maddie Boyd and was not only taking intercept marks and creating spoils, but generating uh, off half back for the Hawks. She was pivotal in setting up a lot of their passages of play down the wings uh, on the weekend. And obviously her athleticism also helped her combat. So uh, a lot of pressure around the ball every time it went inside Geelong's attacking 50 causing them to turn over. She played a, a great game on the weekend and the Lisa Hardiman medal, which returns uh, as the award for the best of field in the grand final from here on in in the VFLW, which is fantastic in itself. But she was the inaugural winner and uh, it was very, very fitting. Looking at the other possession getters, Jade Van Dyke, who Paddy Hill has been talking up, uh, hoping for her to be taken in the AFLW draft. Uh, 19 disposals and four rebound 50s. Yeah, also laid six tackles and took four marks on the weekend. Uh, another pivotal player, as you said, Paddy Hill's been pumping her tyres up throughout the 2018 season. And uh, her game on the weekend matched that reputation. If she doesn't get drafted, we're we'll be scratching our heads as to why, because she is a young gun on the rise. She's got a lot of talent at her disposal, great game awareness, and her skills are very efficient as well. Talking about a young gun, Michaela Can nine tackles. Yeah, sensational. 14 disposals as well, 10 kicks, four handballs. Another one that used the ball incredibly well. Uh, laid on some great pressure as well. There were a couple of passages of play where she laid, laid those nine tackles and they, they weren't just uh, 
hugs of the bear, uh, if you can put it like that. They were fairly fierce, which is promising to see from such a youngster, not afraid to take the game on uh, on such a big stage. So well done to her. Another player that's had a very impressive season when she's been selected in the Hawthorne side. A player that we beg and we plead to come out of AFLW retirement because she's just been having a great year and she had a great grand final. Meg Hutchins, 17 disposals and game highs of seven marks and six rebound 50s. Incredible. Incredible. Not only because of the performance, but also, too, from the underlying story that sits behind Meg Hutchins and a few others that took to the field on the weekend. The fact that it was the first time that they entered the grand final arena and for Meg Hutchins as well, it's her first premiership medallion around her neck. Such a a veteran and well-established athlete of women's football has done uh, enormous amounts for the game, regenerated herself in this season. I think we were safe to assume when uh, she departed Collingwood. We were thinking, yep, she was uh, on the decline in terms of her form and uh, she really found another gear in 2018, was freed up a little bit more than what we've seen in the past when she's been uh, snookered at centre-half forward or centre-half back uh, when she used to play for the Eastern Devils. Played more of a wing position this year at times, a uh, bit of a midfield role as well and also contributed to the school board on a number of occasions. I've said it a couple of times throughout the season when we've called Hawthorne games, uh, I've got no understanding as to why she's retiring, but from AFLW that is. But in a way, it's probably a good thing because it means we get to see more of her at VFLW level where she has got enormous amounts to offer. And on the weekend, she demonstrated that uh, again, as you said, racking up 17 disposals, took seven marks, and also had a had a shot at the scoreboard, only getting a minor score, and was also moved on to a fairly impressive player, which no doubt we'll get to in a moment, in Nina Morrison for the Cats. Uh, she was moved on to her about halfway through the third quarter to play a shutdown role, and uh, she did as expected. And just quickly again for the Hawks, uh, Tamara Luke and Phoebe McWilliams each took a game-high four contested marks. Yeah, fantastic game from Phoebe McWilliams. The only thing that really let her down were her shots at goal on the weekend, only managing two behinds, but really straightened Hawthorne up, was providing uh, great leads and access inside, attacking 50 for the Hawks. And as you mentioned, uh, the contested marks as well. She was committed to the contest. She wanted that premiership again, like Meg Hutchins. She's been another one involved in women's football for such a long period of time, has come oh so close with the St Kilda Sharks in recent seasons, but uh, was unable to make it to the big dance and uh, was finally there on the weekend. And boy, did she make sure that she did her absolute best to get Hawthorne over the line. And Luke as well, uh, a dominant presence uh, herself, uh, McWilliams and Sarah Perkins, uh, when they floated forward, he knew something was going to happen and that they were going to impose themselves on the contest and give access to some of the quicker players waiting around their feet. Looking towards the runners-up, the Geelong Cats, at least some positives out of the game because we know for them they've got AFLW on the horizon February 2019. Two young women they're looking to pick up as draft picks one and two. 
Uh, Olivia Purcell, 19 disposals, 8 clearances. Nita Morrison, 20 disposals and 4 clearances. Yeah, amazing statistics for such such young players on the big stage. They weren't frightened and, as you said, they were the leading disposal getters for the Cats on the weekend, which is such a surprise. You'd, you'd probably expect to see a name like Cranston up the list a little higher. She didn't have the, the best of games and the two young guns really led the way for, for Geelong. Morrison was just clean silky uh, when she picked up the ball on a couple of occasions one-handed spinning her way out of tackles uh, her use by foot was incredible and prior to the game I said Purcell was probably going to go number one given what I'd seen a few weeks earlier in the elimination semi-final but on the weekend Morrison showed why uh, she's being talked by the experts as the number one draft pick now that Madison Prasparkas has nominated only for the metropolitan area in the Victorian draft. Uh, so Morrison, I'll tell you what, if she doesn't go number one after the weekend's performance, I'll be scratching my head a little bit. Um, she's also the TAC Cup best and fairest as well, so that gives you an indication that she uh, is pretty good, not just on the, the big stage, but consistently uh, putting in good performances. And Purcell, not too far behind. It's fairly level and I'd expect to see both of them wearing blue and white next year uh, down at Cadinia Park because they are uh, great talents and, of course, come from that region as well. And we know how the Cats are trying to focus on and continue to develop that region of talent. And just one final one on the Cats, one woman who has thrown her name back into the draft mix. She was formerly on the Carlton list, formerly of Melbourne University, Madeline Kerrick. She has had a terrific final series and capped it off in the grand final with 18 disposals and five clearances. And nine tackles as well. Um, it was another one that really stood up uh, trying to lead the team to victory on the weekend for Geelong. Um, also an, a fairly experienced too when you're considering the two youngsters were the biggest possession getters on the ground uh, she's played a bit of footy Madeline Kerrick and she's been at the highest level as well no doubt uh, still feeling a bit bitter that she won't be lining up with Carlton in the 2019 season but uh, I would expect to see her for Geelong a little surprised she wasn't signed in the uh, unrestricted uh uh, openings that they had a, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, so I'd expect to see her on the list and given her performance in recent weeks, uh, it will be a shock if she's not selected by any club, not just uh, Geelong. We talk about the players being drafted and where could they go. Let, let's just take one quick moment as well as we know that Paul Hood will be taking over the AFLW reigns for the Geelong Cats. Natalie Wood's coming to take in the VFLW reigns. What now for Patrick Hill? I'm guessing that, obviously, if he wants the gig next year at Hawthorne, it's sign of the dot line, no issues whatsoever. But what next for him? Where do we see him going? Can we see any club knocking on the door to say, hey, come with us, either in a full-time coaching role or assistant coaching role at AFLW level, and let's go places? I'm almost inclined to suggest that he's that committed to this Hawthorne program that he won't leave until they get a license. Um, that's the my personal opinion and the, the impression that I get from speaking to him 
he's so passionate about leading the group of women that he's currently got at Hawthorne and having seen them develop, he's laid the foundation from the word go. We mentioned before how Geelong came out of the North Geelong program and there was a level of sophistication with that. When you flip the coin, uh, Box Hill were born out of the old Knox licence and uh, not that uh, not to offend anyone associated with the, the Knox Football Club, but they weren't in the best position when it came to state league level footy. They were probably the last selected to pop up to the elite level in 2016. Uh, won one game, that famous game that we called, it was coincidentally against North Geelong, so you could trace the rivalry back there if you really wanted to. Um, the Paddy Hill had to lay a lot of foundations last year with the Box Hill Hawks. Uh, really ensured that they were uh, driven and, and incredibly um, dedicated to the structure. And he's, uh, he's made sure that they've stayed focused on that and the, the constant improvement that we've seen right from basically the middle of 2017, uh, the early form that they showed in 2018. Uh, they dipped away a little bit. They were just scraping over the line in a couple of games in the middle of the year, and then the Darabin loss really straightened them up heading into finals. And, uh, yeah, I just don't see him walking away from this group. There's almost an element of unfinished business. Yes, they've got a, a premiership now and uh, medallions around their necks, but uh, I think getting or obtaining that AFLW licence is, is a key goal, and it would definitely be on his radar to ensure that he would be coaching a brown and gold side, side at the national competition. My opinion, anyway. And finally, Coxie, uh, congratulations to both yourself and Lucy for leading that call on Sunday, that comprehensive four-hour coverage, along with the rest of the commentary team, Shasha Doherty, uh, Lisa Roper, Julia Montesano, and Nee Felton, along with our special stats person in Christy Williams. Yeah, we can't forget the producer, uh, the one and only Peter Holden, uh, making sure that we stayed on air and did all the right things. No, it was a, a privilege to, to be a part of not only the, the grand final broadcast, but once again involved in uh, giving the coverage women's football deserves right throughout the season. It was a an interesting year. We weren't sure what to expect when we uh, rocked up to Windy Hill in round one and called Essendon and Hawthorne on that occasion. We weren't sure what the season had in store for us, but uh, it has delivered with some interesting storylines uh, throughout it and then uh, a great uh, way to cap it off on the weekend with a with a great grand final. Geelong had their opportunities in it. Uh, they had a great third term. Hawthorne, though, just capitalised more on, on the opportunities that they had to get them over the line. So it was a great game to call, great broadcast team to be a part of, as as always. And uh, yeah, now, what have we got? Six months until we do it all again. Yes, until another VFLW season rolls around, but don't go anywhere because obviously we have got coming up our look into the AFLW draft, the USAFL Nationals, the Euro Cup, and then the draft itself. So you could say we've got a bid on. <laughs> just, just a tad. Never stops uh, for Women's Australian Rules Football Radio. We, uh, we ensure we give you the best coverage. As we said, we're committed and passionate about women's footy and giving it the coverage it deserves. So, uh, yeah, don't go anywhere. There's still plenty to come in 2018.
And that concludes our special edition of Women's Australian Rules Football on RSN Carnival. This program airs every Wednesday evening from 6pm Australian Eastern Standard Time on RSN Carnival Digital Radio in Melbourne via the RSN Racing and Sport app and rsn.net.au. You can download this program as a podcast on Thursdays by going to SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts and searching for Women's Australian Rules Football. I'm Peter Holden. Thank you very much for your company. And until next week, it's bye for now.